are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. That's not how it works. Mia O'Brien. Should I laugh? Should I not laugh? And Leon Searcy. This is the big boy league. We are rocking and rolling on a Friday. Famous quick lube right here on beach, close to beach and Penman. And they got it set up again. I'm looking over. I see Big Mike. I see smoke. That means he's on the grill. He's got brats, dogs, burgers. He's got it all. And famous quick lube, as you can imagine, last week we were in San Jose. This week we're right here on Beach Boulevard. They are all over the first coast, and they want to make you feel famous. Now, during XL Primetime today, just drop on by. You got an oil change for less than 20 bucks, 19.99 plus tax, uh, or you can get $10 off the upgraded synthetic oil service. Whatever you want, they'll make you feel famous free food and drinks come on by and I look and I see the family and I just love seeing them uh, because they are Jacksonville they're the first coast uh, when you boil it down I mean that, there's found- so many family owned businesses when it comes to what goes on around here on the first coast that's they for found sure some shade today Josie yeah. that's yeah. what I'm most excited for Big Mike and the boys they need their shade they're out here yeah. Making us hot dogs and hamburgers, well, sweating right now, in the sun. They're using the shade of the broadcast bus, so we're going to see what happens over three hours where they that might sun. Be joining us, <laughs> yeah, where that sun goes because mm-hmm. we're under the tent. Uh, we got Big Patrick Young coming by uh, in the two o'clock hour, and and he certainly knows about the sunshine here, uh, playing at Providence back in the day. But I said, bro, we're under a tent. It's going to be a little hot. Going to be a little hot. Uh, you got the towel, Leon? I don't have the towel. You don't have the towel. I've, I've dropped some LBs, so I don't need the towel as much. Oh, okay, as I okay, I love it. You know, when you, when you feel a little slight in weight, uh-huh. you know, you don't sweat as much. You got your big yeah. water jug. I got, well, I got, I got the water jug. You yeah. probably dropped more than a few with that flu, too, huh? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling a little light on my feet. Uh, all right. Now, we got a bunch to get into, Jaguar-related stuff, NFL-related stuff. College, uh, PFF, did a, PFF did an interesting thing, ranking the best quarterback coming out of each college season going back about a decade, so it's worth getting into. But, you know, one of the biggest pieces of news as we were rolling up here was Russell Wilson apparently trying to cause a coup in Seattle. At least that's the report from The Athletic that he was trying to get Pete Carroll run out of Seattle, uh, which is kind of interesting. And this is, of course, when it went down that he was uh, – ultimately traded to the Denver Broncos. He was trying to get the general manager, John Snyder, out of there. Anyway, the Athletic is the first one to report this. Uh, And this one I don't think will die easily. I don't think this one will go away quietly. Well, I enjoy the headline from the Athletic on this report, courtesy of Kalen Collar, Mike Sando, and Jason Jenks, in which uh, the, the, the headline reads, too much influence, too few wins in disorganized disaster of a first year with the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. And, and look, Russell, with everything that he did up in Seattle, they won a Super Bowl. They almost won another, were it not for Malcolm Butler and a, and a great read and play. Uh, they were seconds away from it. But anyway, he did a ton in his first seven years in the National Football League and with that wielded a lot of power. But, Leon, when you hear someone might be trying to take down a coach and a general manager, well, what do you think? Well, I mean, behind the, 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 the pretty teeth and the nice hair and the – and the beautiful tan that Russell Wilson is coming across as not so good of a guy. Because I, I remember when he was playing that there was issues with the defense in him and the coaching staff. 
and had the Legion of Boom ran up out of there because the Legion of Boom, the defense was saying that the coaches, not the coaches, Pete Carroll was showing favoritism towards Russell Wilson, even during mistakes, even during practice. Mm -hmm. And that kind of offended some of the guys on the defensive side of the ball that ultimately led to their demise, that ultimately led most of those guys shipping up out of there. Right. So, I mean, this whole thing with Russell Wilson seems to be coming full circle that a lot of the issues that Seattle had had a lot to do with him. Yeah, when you think of that, look, Pete Carroll had a great run, had a great run. But if he did empower Russell too much, and most great quarterbacks do get empowered, let's not let, let's not miss that part of this. But if he was pulling strings and trying to make other things happen because he didn't like the situation, it, it, it this story coming out, I guess, doesn't necessarily shock me. I guess, but I mean, are, are we just going to let the elf in the room just sit there and not even? Mm-hmm. T- I mean, Russ Wilson has not been the same player the last, oh, the yeah, last two I, and a half you years. You know how outspoken I've been on that. He's just not even close to the And he tried to blame it on yes. the offensive line yeah. and the yeah. weapons it's, and everything else the yeah. first so, year. There's a lot more moving parts to what's going on there oh, yeah. than just that. I, I mean, the fact that Russ doesn't play like Russ is a critical factor in all this. Right. But, think, uh, but what, here's, here's what you've got to add together now. To remember this. He, if he did this, he tried to undermine leadership, tried to get the GM bounce, tried to get the head coach bounce. He ended up getting a quarter-million-dollar deal out of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my, my whole quarter issue. Billion. Quarter billion. Me, quarter of a billion. Yeah, my whole yeah. issue with Russell Wilson is uh, over the last couple of years, if he's been wielding this kind of power and the team has been sucking, then uh, that power should have been taken away from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hasn't been playing up to par over the last, what? At least the last two and a half years. years. Yeah. 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 But he's been still, I guess he's still been trying to wield that same power that he had early on in his career. He's just not the same. But player. if you're a franchise, like if you're the Seahawks and you see what he's, he's done in the past, you know. You're not so quickly, you're not so easily to quickly give up on him. I guess is the best way to say mm-hmm. it, because you see how Brady's playing well at, at, as the age increases. How Aaron Rodgers had his two best years prior to this year, the last, the previous two years. They're getting better. Quarterbacks are more protected. They're getting better. So if you're the Seahawks and you have a franchise guy, you do whatever you can to make him happy. Here's Even my, if he truly is declining. Here's my thing from that athletic report, which you guys should go read because mm-hmm. they talked to 15 different Broncos players, yeah. some of them anonymously, some not. And so, obviously, they're getting insight from inside mile high. So, you definitely want to read it. But when they knew this story was coming, Leon, mm-hmm. a lawyer for Wilson, for Russell, wrote a letter to the athletic characterizing the assertion that he called for Carroll's and Schneider's firing as entirely fabricated. All right. The Seahawks declined comment for the story. Hackett and Broncos GM George Patton declined comment through representatives. Yeah, it's funny mm. that if you are going to do a story, why would they maybe go to? Why would they get intel from the Broncos players over maybe a, a, over a story that happened in Seattle? I don't know. I'm more so. It's for me the fact that the Seahawks yeah. declined comment. Like, yeah, I think yeah. that that's them. They're just- there's, like, they're no smart comment. To stay, yeah, there's, it's not their player anymore. They are smart to stay away from it. Just right. let this thing, That's the thing that gets me. Let this thing uh, you know, go up in flames you know, its own way and them not have anything to do with but it. Them, but, but them not saying nothing, it makes Russell look even worse, doesn't it? I, I kind of feel that I way. Mean, I mean, because if they if they they could have just said, you know what? There's it's no all truth fab- to There's it. no yeah. truth to yeah. that's fabricated. I mean, Russell Wilson, when he was here, I mean, we loved him. He was endearing. He was he was he was uh, uh, he was well respected by the by the organization. But them not saying anything, they like almost implies that he did they did have issues with. Him. Yeah, and he wouldn't have been the first guy to try and, and, and mount a. Uh, a, a, an attack against leadership in any organization. We've seen it happen in yeah. a bunch of different places. Guys have gotten canned because superstars have basically mandated it. It hasn't always worked, but in this case, like we said, the eroding 
play of Russell Wilson in large part is probably what had John Schneider and, and Pete Carroll looking around going, is this the time to unload him when we can get the most for him? Which It was the right move on their yeah, part. Yeah, look, the guy ain't the guy anymore. They're going to have a top five, or was it top five or top ten pick? Yeah, top ten. Top I mean, 10. it might it might even be in the top inside the top five. But, you know, I, I've, I've felt that way. And, and certainly haven't been shy saying it that, that what I see I don't I, I call him Rust Wilson for a reason he ain't the same cat no. uh, and and it wasn't just this year it was you know the year before when that line play was so horrible uh, that he, you know he kind of went into bailout mode it wasn't all his fault but he certainly didn't have answers for it you got plenty of quarterbacks in the National Football League that their pressure rate they face it it's real but they get rid of the football and they get results and, and Russ wasn't doing that nearly as often that's here's, for sure. here's a breakdown of the numbers for Russell Wilson since 2017 in which he had 34 touchdowns to 11 interceptions through for 35 touchdowns to seven interceptions in 2018 31 to 5 in 2019 40 to 13 in 2020 25 to 6 in 2021 albeit in only 14 games Mm -hmm. and then 16 to 11 in 15 games this past year yeah yeah, I, I do love one on social media. And again, media. and look at that yeah. wide receiver core in Denver. It's yeah. not like the cupboard's bare. Yeah. The cupboard wasn't bare in Seattle, too. That couldn't have been a scapegoat when you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, yeah, and Lockett was an absolute can-count-on guy, and DK Metcalf was a big play guy. And, you know, they just didn't necessarily get the wins. They gave up a lot of points, too. That was part of that that was going on up in Seattle. The defense was not very good, not Pete Carrollish, uh, that's for sure, at, at the end, because of what Leon said earlier, the Le- uh, Legion of Boom, they were basically, you know, little by little all out of there and began with, I guess you could go back to Sherman, Cam Chancellor, all those guys. And then, heck, Bobby Wagner, who we'll get to in a minute, you know, ended up leaving, you know, this past year and going to L.A., but I love this one. Uh, one of the social, one of the tweets in social media. Russell Wilson is suffering from the Will Smith effect. Perfect image your whole career until one bad year incident, and now everyone is mm, on you. It's true. Uh, <laughs> That's a great analogy. Because yeah. I mean, I saw somebody on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures also sending us the link to the article with regards to uh, Russell Wilson's charity. How maybe it doesn't actually do all the things that it says it does. All this dirty laundry coming out. Now that he's not playing well yeah. on the field, yeah, and, and look, it's the way they, it always goes. They're they're gonna they're gonna attack when whenever they see you know the the, the weak guy. It's it's anything. It's it's high end. Is uh, I'm gonna call him. He can be called the sheriff of, of uh, Beach Boulevard if he wants. But one of our you know former <laughs> JSO's finest. He's retired and living well right now. That guy. Uh, Walking around the beach at yeah. 12, 11 on a yeah. Friday. I'd say he's Larry's about well. to put a peg in the ground right now is exactly what he's about I love to it. do. I want to read this one line, though. This is uh, from the Athletic article, and I think, Leon, and you can speak to this. The big thing that Sean Payton has already said is not going to happen when he is the head coach of the Denver Broncos, Leon, mm-hmm. is that Russell Wilson's team, the fact mm-hmm. that Russell Wilson had his own office right next to where the coaches had offices at Mile High, that's not going to happen anymore. And so apparently, according to this, again, athletic report, one offensive player said to Russell Wilson, or excuse me, said that Russell Wilson told his teammates he had an open-door policy with this office, <laughs> to which, which to another coach seemed problematic. So an assistant coach asked Russell, so are you a coach or are you a player? Your open door should be you sitting at your locker. That is holy. What do you yeah, think about yeah. that? Yeah, Sean Payton's going to have to establish some kind of hierarchy when it comes to – because Russell Wilson – I mean, listen, the quarterback is the franchise, is the face of the franchise. But a team, a locker, the coach, the coach has got to establish that I'm the coach, you're the player. Yeah. And you do your work 
at your locker, or you do it before you come to work, but you don't do it at work. That's classic. That's man. crazy to me. Uh, uh, yeah, now, the story, at least part of this, uh, one tentacle, is that when Russell was trying to create the coup and, and, and take Pete Carroll out, that he wanted Sean Payton to come up there. Now Sean Payton is in Denver, and he is with Russell, and so we're going to find out whether the dynamics change as far as him wanting uh, – Sean Payton to come in there because he might have felt like you're going to get a good offensive mind and he's still going to be able to do what he wants. Sean Payton has already said there are certain things that need to happen in Denver for this team to succeed, and that includes Russell being there, participating, OTAs, all that kind of stuff. I don't think – like, we've heard of stories how Michael Jordan was situated in the locker room, how Barry Bonds was situated in the locker room, and these guys were you know basically uh, insulated from everything. They would only let you in if they felt like letting you in. Uh, I didn't realize Russ had that type of power and did it as soon as he got to mile high. I mean, we're getting on about not showing up. But if I can recall back in the day, Brett Favre did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brett Favre came in after training camp, couple of, right, in, right into the regular season. I mean, right. I, I, I mean, I mean, that's Brett Favre, and he was established with the Green Bay Packers, and and. And Russell Wilson, if, if, if he was winning football games mm-hmm. and he had this team and he was lighting it up, it wouldn't be an issue. But the right. fact that the team is, is struggling, he struggled, yeah. it becomes an issue. And, so and winning is a cure-all. Ma- a massive tab right now Absolutely. Uh, that they got to pay yes. him to. Which, speaking of the Green Bay Packers, it is fascinating that Nathaniel Hackett was working with the mercurial character in the National Football League and Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and yet thought this was okay. Granted, Nathaniel Hackett, great guy, bit of mm-hmm. a gym gym PE teacher himself, uh, camp counselor, I believe, is the uh, mm-hmm. the affectionate term we like to use around these parts. So it is worth noting, though, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have an office, why should all of a sudden Russell Wilson have an office for his team and for himself? I don't know. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's inexplicable to me. It is. Well, well, why would they allow it? That's exactly. There's no there, – I can't Because he's a quarterback. Well, you, yeah. you know that. It doesn't matter. Yeah, man. where was Brew, though, back in the day? Huh? Where was Mark Brunel? Did he have any kind of no, office? Mark, no. I wouldn't think so. If, was, if, you're, if Nathaniel was, Hackett actually approved that, that was done by him and not by ownership or whatever, he, there was no doubt he was done after a year. No doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do the players think of that, Leon? Well, if you're in that locker room, what do you think of that? Yeah, well, you—it's a broken locker room if you're allowing one player to come in there and, and establish a team right in the midst of, of the lock. Yeah, yeah, the locker room is fractured. You're basically saying he's the son he's of everybody around him. He's special, absolutely. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it blows my mind. It really does. So, you can hit the text line, Designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Let us know what you're thinking about that. Uh, we got the Nooners driving by. Honk your horn if you're uh, a Nooner listening to XL Primetime. The Nooners, uh, by the way, have some fantastic takes on the Russell Wilson v. Broncos v. Seattle situation. Uh, this one courtesy of 7171. Russ Wilson makes his kids sleep on an unair-conditioned floor, per <laughs> sources. Uh, he, that's definitely roughing it, yeah. re-our conversation yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we got another one that says, my conspiracy theory, this is courtesy of 1752, is that Russ sabotaged Hackett on purpose by playing bad so that they can get Peyton. Very odd that his performance level dropped so much in yeah. a year. It's not, not impossible. His performance level had dropped. Yeah. Quite a bit the previous year. Right. It's not impossible. I'm of the thinking he's tired of getting hit. I and, don't and, know, bro. 26. What was those numbers? 24 and his six? Last year in Seattle. No, it was last no. year. His last Seattle. year in Seattle. His last yeah. year in Seattle was 25 and 6, and then 16 and 11 this past year. Uh, 25 and 6. I mean, 
Yeah, it wasn't terrible. What, was, yeah. well, what were the wins, too? The wins. I what mean, were the wins? Score, he was 4-11, yeah, and, were, and he was 6-8 oh, well, okay. the year before. So a yeah. lot of those touchdowns are probably uh, – Right. Blake Bortles touchdowns. Yeah, there you go. His okay. completion percentage or not, was yeah. a career <laughs> low, 60.5%. Yeah. Uh, yards per completion – 12.1, that's actually a lot higher than I anticipated it being, knowing the offense they were running. If you're completing 60% of your passes, you're not good. That's, I mean, that's, that's a bad number. Well, yeah, and, and look, that's where Trevor needed to get from. Yeah, because Trevor was like 50-something, right? Yeah, he was 59, something like that, and that's where he needed to get from. He needed to pull himself up, and, and you're seeing a lot like Justin Fields, all sorts of debate but, about what's going to happen with him. His completion percentage is, is way down. Well, he had to run for a well, lot of yards. Here's the thing, Matt. I mean, a lot of, the, a lot of those completion percentages are skewed. Because a, a lot of those passes are like quick little two or three Somewhat, yard out. Yeah, sure. So, sure. I mean, if you're throwing 70, 75% completion rate and a lot of your passes are just two yard outs and stuff, quick passes like that, then they, then your completion percentage is skewed. Okay, yeah. and then so look at your, let me put it to you this way. Please. Are you ready for me to blow your mind? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> if you're saying that all these are short little dumps and quick little out, quick little speed mm-hmm. stuff. I'm not saying all. I didn't some, say all. Some, 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 yeah, go ahead. So, then your completion percentage should be much greater than 60%. So if you're taking away those quick little outs and those quick little speeds, then what's his completion percentage? Yeah, and then you can look at the yards per attempt because which is they, pitiful. I'm they sure. do they do play defense, which means if they're beating you on those I know they do. quick little routes, my point is if you're, then they're going to press you and then you have to go long. I don't disagree with you on that yeah, on that concept. Yeah. So let's just say a guy that's completing 68 is, in real real terms of throwing the ball down the field, is completing 62. Mm-hmm. So if you're completing 60, in real terms throwing the ball down the field, you're completing low 50s. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Yeah. Oh, no, no. That's uh, falls in the old no bueno category. All right. Now, what is good is free lunch. Uh, and you got dogs, burgers, brats, Big Mike, all of them sitting up right in front of the uh, famous Quick Loop right here at Beach, close to Beach and Penman. And so you drop on by, say hello, grab yourself a nice lunch, get you that 1999 plus tax oil chain special. Remember, they got 14 famous Quick Lube locations around town. One uh, seems like everywhere you turn, they're going to make you feel famous. They don't work off of that commission stuff. They make sure that they take care of you and they can handle anything automotive maintenance. You can do the battery check. AC check, all that stuff, but drop on by and take advantage of that special today. We'd love to see you right here at Beach and Penman. Uh, so if you're looking at Russell's numbers, and this is just throwing out there as far as what's happening with the quarterback front, uh, because Lamar's still got a decision to make, all these other guys. Kyler Murray got 103 guaranteed at signing, $189 million total guaranteed. Russ got 124 guaranteed at signing, $161 million total guaranteed. And that is a massive amount of money. And we were talking about it either yesterday or the day before that the possibility exists that Lamar is going to basically go to the wall to get it 100% guaranteed, whatever that number ends what, up being. What do you leave on the table, $133 million? Mm, Yeah, $133 million left Yeah, on the table. you might be able to argue that number, yeah. yeah. And, and so he had, I think it was 160 to 180, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, fully guaranteed. But 133 is what you're saying right mm-hmm. there at the right there as soon as you sign. Yeah. And so he did leave that out. So I guess we got to figure out where he's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all these things are just kind of hanging in the balance. And just on the subject of Russ, how good will he and Sean Payton be? Will they be able to, you know, collectively get back together? Uh, Russ ain't that old, but he just looked a little old this past season. Well, not on, how good will Sean Payton be? Yeah. Well, I think he'll be good. I, I do too. I do too. But it's. You know, you get out a year, you come back in. They're, you know, we've seen this many times where guys get out, they come back in, and they're not the same guy. That doesn't mean he's not going to be the same guy. He's one of the 
He's yeah, we're talking Sean Payton. If you're looking, yeah. Right. If you're yeah. looking at coaches, you're talking about one of the, one of the greatest of our generation. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's very fair to put him into that category. But well. you're also talking about he's going into a completely different franchise right now. He had the Saints set up how he wanted yeah, them. Yeah, he did. He had the mm. structure of the organization set up how he wanted it. That's how they got – that's how they were consistently either in the playoffs or hunting for the playoffs or hunting for much bigger things year after year after year. Now he's got to start all over with this franchise. Mm-hmm. He's well, got to build all over with this franchise. We had one – our coach, Doug Peterson – did the same thing. Had to yeah. take a year off. Sometimes these coaches they're so they're so entrenched in, in, into the game planning and the football that sometimes they just need to exhale, give themselves a year off. Doug Peterson came in to a fragiling franchise, yeah. in which we were, yeah. and kind of breathed some air into us. You know, re- reinvented our quarterback, got our defense playing well, a nice little run, all that kind of stuff. So the expectations that, that, here are much lower than the expectations in Denver. Right, but also uh, what's the common right. theme between all three of those? Maybe not so much Denver. It had been completely torn down when he got to New Orleans, quite literally because yeah. of Hurricane Katrina and also the fact that it had just been so abysmal with the Saints organization for years. It was down here, much like the franchise in this town one year ago with Denver. It's interesting because it's been torn down. It's a brand new ownership group, but they have all these pieces. They have these personalities. They have Russell Wilson. And so that's the question I have, Leon, as far as rebuilding it in the image of the Saints. He literally started from nothing. He has something now, which is obviously an advantage, or is it actually a disadvantage? Um, I think it's a clear-cut advantage. I mean, this this franchise should know that what what bad coaching looks like and what good coaches look like. Sure. I mean, this this season alone should let you know that the fact that when you have a good coach who has good assistance, who has a plan, who has an agenda, that you can win some ball games. It's the truth. It, it really is. It's, uh, uh, and it just so happened both coaches, Sean Payton uh-huh. and Dougie, Dougie Fresh, yeah. both got Lombardis. Yeah, yeah, but the difference exactly. is what the difference yeah. is is the quarterback spot. I'm yeah. not convinced that Russ is Russ. Oh no, no. And, well, and the guy this franchise has is going to be really, really good. Yeah, but it, did it, we know that? No, we didn't. No, no. we didn't. We didn't and know that's that. Coaching, go, right? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. I, I I agree with you completely. Yeah. All I'm saying is he could be a great coach, but if Russ doesn't have it anymore. Russ doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. And he was. It's what's great about Sean Payton. I used to call him the best half a coach in football, but then he finally realized defense was important, and they had a hell of a good defense mm-hmm. down there when Dennis Allen was running that side, and now he's running the whole deal. You think of Cam Jordan and all the other guys they got. That was a great defense. And he's at least coming in. Not not, not all the pieces that they would like to have on that side of the ball. They let go of Bradley Chubb, but a few other moves were made. But they still have some really, really good players on that they got side. got a good nucleus, yeah. They got a good run game as long as their, their running back comes back healthy because that certainly was a, uh, not beneficial to what happened to them offensively last year. You got those guys that have made plays for them. And so I do think it's not a bad situation for Sean. But, you know, is he getting a guy that will do what, he, what he's asked in, in, in Russell Wilson? So here's at least – one pushback from Russell. How, by uh, the way, how did this team lose to that team? How did this team lose to the Broncos? That oh was God. the straw that broke uh, the camel's back, though. That's it, what spurred everything. The Broncos and the Giants are the ones that really kind of get me more than any other. No, the Texans, it, too. That Texans Yeah, team. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, the Giants, they came I up guess, two feet short. Bro, we, we and Travis Etienne doesn't fumble. We should have been a two seed. Yeah, yeah. What gets me about the Giants game is they let they let Danny, Danny run. And all you're not over. playing the Chiefs until yeah. 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 the final game. But <laughs> yeah, those. Yeah, you're right. The Texans is 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 up there as far as here. The Bronco game in London is just unbelievable. They were able to do that. All right. So here's what Russ has at least been credited saying. I love Pete, 
and he was a father figure to me, and John believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. So that's his, his pushback, at least for the here and now. All right, so we'll get into all of it. Uh, it's a Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday, so you can throw some suggestions our way, be it Big Hair, be it Heavy Metal, whatever you got. If you've got a song that just basically talks about Russ Wilson trying to get those guys up in Seattle axed, you can do that as well. We are hanging out at Famous Quick Loop. Come on by, Flames. They're right now working the grill with a free lunch, free burgers, dogs, brats, drinks, chips, the whole deal, and then take advantage of the Quick Loop special that they've got today. $19.99 plus tax for an oil change here while we are on the air. XL Primetime at the famous Quick Loop right here at the corner of Beach and Penman. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. We didn't even make the call yet for Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday music suggestions and the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures already coming through. <sighs> Jose in Tampa looking for Never Surrender. I was listening to No Surrender on the drive here by Bruce Springsteen, but that's not a Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday band. Bring it, Jose. Mayan is, though, so we'll give you that one. We'll give you that one. We got some Alice Cooper as well. We appreciate everybody with your song suggestions and, of course, getting in on the conversation at 641 641- 10, 10, me, O'Brien, Josie, Matt Hayes, Leon Searcy, live from the famous Quick Lube on Beach Boulevard in Penman, their brand new location. Joe, I was talking to Mike and some of the guys during yeah. the break. I mean, they, they don't even, like, have some of the signs yet because they're still waiting for a lot of the permits and everything that they can have. What do we call it? The Gumby? Oh, yeah. The, the Flying Yellow Man? Yeah. They're still waiting for that. That is how new this location is, but it is open, and you can get a special oil change for just nineteen ninety nine plus taxes today only during today's XL Prime and Time. You need landmarks right across from the Dollar Tree. It's it's Beach and Penman, basically, and you'll see it on the, you know, if you're coming from it's the next beach. to Dunkin' Donut. Yeah, yeah, there you go, next to Dunkin'. And if you're coming from the beach, it's on the right-hand side, so it's so, you know, to the to the north uh, right here at Beach and Penman, but we would love to see you. you got 14 famous Quick Lube locations all over the city, but you drop by today, you get that 1999 oil change special, so take advantage of it, and they can do anything else. I mean, this is not Boardwalk, but it's Park Place, and one – Close. Matt Hayes yeah. lives down. Yeah. This, yeah. this is your I monopoly property. How rent this? Property. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I will True say this. Home game. I will yeah. say this. It is hot, and there's a couple really good ice cream places over there. There right? are. Yeah. You know, get your oil changed here. Yeah. At famous. Get Didn't I just tell you I was trying to drop the LBs? Bro. I know, bro. Yeah. I'm just telling yeah. you, you know. Well, if you're not That's in the mood right. for ice cream or if you haven't had lunch yet, you can swing <laughs> by here to Famous Quick Lube. We got hot dogs, hamburgers, snacks, and more that the boys are serving up for free. And then you can walk then across go get the street yeah. and get exactly. your ice cream. Yes. All right. Now, we need to bring up Bobby Wagner because this was just a yeah, – and, Leon, you're, you're the perfect guy, and I hate to say it, but I couldn't help but think of it because Leon has told us the percentage of an actual contract that he has received. When you see the headline, so-and-so signs – you know this contract you think wow that's a heck of a lot of money and then you realize how much they actually see bobby wagner five-year 50 million dollar deal he signed it last year he's gone as of yesterday and so that just shows you how quickly uh, you know the rams were going for it that's what they were trying to do come off of that super bowl trophy they uh, get Bobby Wagner, who was another one well, of the guys that they had to lop off uh, salary cap wise. Played pretty Seattle. well for them this year, by the yeah. way. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, but, he, but they, they they're cutting cords on a lot of contracts. I mean, you 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 brought him into the Rams because he's got pedigree, he's got yeah. stock, he's a he's a former Super Bowl MVP, uh, he's got veteran leadership, uh, all those those intangibles. You thought there'd be a nice little fit for the Rams coming off their Super Bowl win, but you get you sign him to a five year fifty million dollar deal. 
I don't know how, how the, the, the 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 parts of the, the contract, yeah, well, the, the yeah. intricacies of the of the contract. Sure. But I guarantee you, unlike when my when I signed my contract. He at least got at least fifty percent of it. He yeah. had to. You think so? Or he I, had I to one. at least get fifty, I, I get bro. He, uh, five years, fifty million. Are you trying to say he couldn't get twenty five of that? I don't know. That's what I, I'm dying bro. to find out. I just saw it like like yeah, my contract was six years, thirty one. Okay, when I was with the Ravens, yeah, I, and I only saw three of that. Yeah, yeah. I remember Leon. Remember <laughs> Leon saw doing the percentage. Three of it. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Oh my yes. gosh. All right. So we'll look it up. But you knew all along you weren't gonna. Huh? You knew all along you weren't gonna see that, right? No, I, I really thought I had a shot. <laughs> well, then he got hurt. Let's not forget. But I got hurt, bro. Yeah. Had you yeah. not gotten hurt, how much do you think you would see? I, I, if I hadn't gotten hurt, I, I would have probably played a good three. three. I had three more years in Okay. okay. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't have saw six. Yeah. No. There's a couple other angles to this Bobby Wagner story that I want to address as well. So let's begin with the Rams in terms of what they're actually saving. So uh-huh. five. Oh, we got we got a number on that. So I, it, like I look at it, yeah, uh, it, it blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. His salary, his total cash was six and a half million, one and a half million in base salary, but a five-year, fifty million dollar deal included a five million dollar signing bonus and twenty million in guarantees. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I am These, a little surprised. Yeah. The, so he made twenty-six and a half million. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little surprised dead by cap that. Do they have from that. So yeah. that's what I was going to get to. So here's the actual numbers. So they're going to save $5 million in salary. They will incur a $7.5 million dead money charge. They do have the option of designating designating him as a post-June 1 release. That would save them $8 million. And I think that's what they're thinking they're going right. to do. If he had remained on the roster on the fifth day of the 2023 league year, his $7.5 million base salary, $2.5 million roster bonus would be due, and they would have become guaranteed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in reality, they're really not okay. saving all that much, but yeah. at the same time, that was my next question. This Rams team, Matthew Stafford presumably is coming back. Jalen Ramsey, at least as of now, is coming back. Are they trying to – Sell off the assets. Trying, oh, well, I to, think trying so. to start from scratch. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You well, got you got what you, you got wanted. what you wanted. Yeah. You, you had that window. You Trophy. won yourself a Super Bowl. You you paid the big money to the big stars. You brought in big stars. You gave them big money, and you you won a chip. And now you now you now now to the scrap heap. So because if you're the Bills, do you do you go after Wagner now? Because well, he's they, he's going to go to somebody that's got a window. Yeah. They went, no they doubt went, about that. They went and got Von Miller last year. Yep. It's also worth pointing out, OBJ's still sitting out there. Okay, mm-hmm. now a full year of healing, and we'll find out where he goes. But he, he was the first half Super Bowl MVP when right. they won it, uh, and then he and tears the ACL. But anyway, Vaughn Miller left. Jalen could leave. You could see Bobby Wagner easily in a Bills uniform like you're talking about. How much about. longer does Matthew Stafford have? Yeah, oh, and yeah. The, and then where well, are you? Is John Wofford immediately he, the guy, or are you going and drafting a guy this no, year? That may be the teardown that, that you're talking about. And, and basically, there are two or three teams that are looking at the reality. Just so happens the L.A. Rams were the fortunate one to get the Lombardi. Yeah. So, so they, you know, at the very least, if anyone's going to be excused for tearing it they, down, it's going to be them. They spent, they spent their money correctly. Yeah, yeah. yeah they and saw they, the one when they spent. Imagine if they didn't get the Lombardi. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Now, right? it's like they have, they have gone. Give away four uh, first-round picks. Yeah, I don't know oh, what the number is. Money. But they've gone basically five or six years without a first-round yeah. pick. Mm-hmm. Now, they will only have two first two-day picks none in the first round still and they only get a couple in the second round a total of nine uh over the course of of the draft that's it that's all they've got so you you think bills are next up in terms of screw the picks we're just going to sign guys we're in our window it feels like that's what they might be trying to do when i saw i mean honestly when you saw them in the playoffs didn't you think they're starting to look a little old 
Well, you, you figure, who is it, Milano? Some of those guys back there. Milano's you know, older. Yeah, Poyer's, got a little age on them. Yeah, Poyer's up for a franchise tag this upcoming offseason. I believe this will be his eighth year in the league. I yeah. mean, he's getting up there. But the funny part is, Matt, is I thought the Bills looked different in the playoffs, not because they looked old, but because the old man, Von Miller, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. They yeah. looked like a different defense <clears throat> when he him. was around yeah. versus when he wasn't. And it's so fascinating because so many people have likened it to Reggie White with the Packers, how he was that veteran defensive player, Leon, that took a young, scrappy, but like, you know, a lot of people thought highly of team in Green Bay and took them over the top. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And then um, Gregory Russo, he was a disappointment because he had a phenomenal year. Mm-hmm. And then the playoff time, That's it was true. a no-show. Yep. Absolutely no-show. So that lets you know that Von Miller's presence was missed, especially in that playoff game. I mean, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's a disruptor. I mean, his sack numbers have never be like as astonishing as they were early on in his career. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, he gets pressures on guys. Yeah. I mean, the quarterback is concerned where he's at, whether he's on the left side or he's on the right side, or if he's interiorly. But they're running two man or three man games against him. I mean, he's just he made Russo. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, disagree, I don't disagree with that, but I will say this: by the end of the season, they had one wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, they signed Cole Beasley again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had one wide receiver. Yeah. By the end of the season. And, and, and so that that old term, it may not be like perfect, but it, it, it may not be that far. Old off might either. not be the right. Right, right. Narrative, but they certainly aren't the same team that they were two years ago with that yeah. epic Chiefs game. They're just and not. Add, or and add week to one it. that whipped on the whipped up on the Rams. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it, not the same team that we saw in the playoffs. You know, five months later. Yeah, they won all those games early. Remember, and mm-hmm. they, they felt the really Chiefs. good about themselves beating the Chiefs, beating the Rams, all of them. They and everybody felt really good about them. But I, I'll keep saying this until he until he changes his game. He is dynamic. He is scary good. But Josh Allen does not protect the football. He doesn't. He doesn't protect the football. Mm. And it's going to come to where it's going to be a real, real frustration for Bill's Mafia, for Sean McDermott, for whomever. Because how can you take the ball out of his hands and tell him not to do what he does? You know? Well, you but, can't. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean, he is. He does too much away from the pass yeah. game yeah. to yeah. help your team to pick up critical first downs. Yeah. yeah, but he can't be your leading rusher in the playoff game against the Bengals. Mm-mm. No, he can't, be, he, can't, he can't do that. And that's that. been an issue forever when this team, not not this team, I should say, yeah. the Urban Meyer-led Jaguars beat the Bills. Mm-hmm. The run game was abysmal. They made them one-dimensional like everyone has learned to do. And even when they drafted James Cook last year, it really didn't give them the dimension they were hoping for. Yeah. He did play a little better the last five, six games of the year, though. Cook mm-hmm. did. So, I mean, I, well, I, he was I a nice draft pick. he's going to be like their guy next yeah, year. Yeah, he was a nice draft pick. And, and the other guys, uh, Moss, uh, who was an extreme disappointment for uh, – Blood, sweat, and teal with our uh, HFL team a couple Two years, years ago. ago. Bro. You gotta Extreme let go. Extreme disappointment. Let go, man. I will not. I listen. Those fantasy failures live with me. <laughs> and, and so, anyway, both of those guys that they had in the backfield made them want to go out and draft James Cook because they, they needed to get somebody else. And it looked like through the draft they were paying attention to that part of the uh, of the offense. But then they went right back to you know Ken, Ken Dorsey was calling plays. It didn't matter whether Brian Dable was calling plays or not. They still were going to run the hell out of Josh Allen and, 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 and not look at that backfield as one of the main pieces that they needed to have. Which let's make this uh, XL primetime a bit like Goosebumps, you know, the, you know, the child, the mm-hmm. teenage series where you choose your own adventure. We can talk. We can circle back to Bobby Wagner because I have another point on him that I do want to make at some point during the show, or we can discuss Josh Allen, the fact that he is a battering ram. Mm-hmm. We've seen battering rams in the National Football League before, i.e., Cam Newton, and we've seen their careers really, you know, peak early on yeah. and then not make it past it takes its year toll. seven or year yeah. eight. To which, 
Did you guys see what Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said yesterday? No. So, on ESPN yesterday, Jeremy Fowler explained that some NFL teams have a first-round grade on Anthony Richardson, while others have a fourth-round grade. <laughs> he calls it the biggest variance league-wide he's ever seen on a quarterback in all his years. One NFL executive told him that Anthony Richardson, quote, is Cam Newton and Justin Fields combined. <laughs> I say that with the regards There's to Josh Allen. No way. Both Cam Newton and Justin Fields, at this point in time, for Justin Fields at least, are battering Rams. How yeah. much, like, I think that's where the variance exists because I think teams are getting smart. And they're seeing, granted, Josh Allen has a cannon of an arm, and not that Cam Newton or Justin Fields do not, but they're well, seeing the shelf life, Leon, of yeah. those type of quarterbacks and saying, well, why would I spend a first-round pick on that player? Well, to say Anthony Richardson is Cam Newton is absurd. Cam Newton is one of the most dynamic college quarterbacks to ever May play the game. May have been the best player in the modern ever era, Ever play the yeah, game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the he season he had at Auburn is phenomenal. You could easily make it so argue he's until, the best player in the modern Anthony yeah. Richardson had one – did he ever have one of those seasons? No. no. He, oh, had, okay. he might have had a game. Did he have a – It wasn't – It wasn't in the highlights. He had highlights. He had highlights. He played well against Utah, played well against Texas A&M. Hang banner. I see what he's saying. He's talking the size and the mobility and all that kind of stuff. Listen, all it takes is one team to fall in love with him, and he's going in the first round. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, all these, I mean, the, the fourth round grade, the first round grade, all it's going to take is one team to say, and one coordinator and one coaching staff to say, okay, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's phenomenal. He, grease board, he's probably going to be phenomenal on the grease board. Um, and a Wait till after the combine. Huh? Wait till after, oh, after the com- combine. Bro, after the combine, if, gonna be a if lot he tears it saying, up, yeah. he might be projected top five. Yeah, which will be nuts. And I, I like the way that Fowler's putting this, is that we're talking about a, a guy that will make you combine eyes. They'll make you fall in love with him because of all the measurables that he's got. And then you basically risk your your job security and your team's future on him, and then he completely – it either implodes or can't do I mean, what you need it I mean, to do. You? Look, look the, we have to actually address this because it's out there right now, okay? Is it Anthony Richardson or is it the guy who is, is his quarterback's coach, offense yeah. coordinator, play caller, whose decision when he got looking for a quarterback this offseason was Graham Mertz? Yeah. So Listen, who is I, I don't mind. I don't mind that the, question. What's the, what's the problem? Is the problem Anthony Richardson or is the problem Billy Napier? Yeah. I don't mind that question because, you know, I, I'm, I'm well, asking, you know, general questions about whether or not he can get the, it done. The issues is going to be if he, if, he comes in, if he comes in the league and shine, then it's going to be the system. That he just wasn't in the right system, the proper system wasn't for him to Wasn't coached properly, yeah. Wasn't coached properly. So that's going to be the, that's going to be the, the telltale. Of all. That's why coordinators in the NFL are going to look at his size and look at his mobility and look at his arm. It's like, oh, I need that. I need that in my system. If he goes and lights up the NFL, then of course it's Florida's fault. I will say the only, the only, the only uh, other like I, other side of that is Levi Lewis was fantastic in that offense at Louisiana. Fantastic, mm-hmm. but he's only five nine and a half, five ten, mm-hmm. one hundred seventy five pounds. So he's not playing in the NFL. I think he's in the CFL right now. But he was terrific. He looked fantastic in that offense. So is it the offense, is it the coach, or is it the player? And I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to go crush it at the combine, and then people are going to start to get him in his individual workouts. They're going to get him on grease boards, and if he crushes it on the grease board, they're going to say, 
wait, this guy, be, this guy can do it. It's going to be yes, yeah. yes, and yes. Right, right. It's Which be, will be nuts. It's going to be Billy Florida, <laughs> Billy Florida in the system. And yeah. for what I'm telling you right now, you sorry, yeah, you're good. you wait and see. If he goes and crushes at the combine, mm-hmm. and he does, has great individual uh, meetings with teams, like a week, week and a half before the draft, you're going to start seeing stories coming out. It was the Florida offense. It was the Florida coach. That's the reason why. That's what Billy needs, a little bit more heat. Right, a little more right, pressure. Right, and then the Gator fans will go nuts. Well, yeah. speaking of Billy Napier and the Florida Gators, uh, I do want to note that according to Jacob Rudner of 247 Sports, Corey Raymond, of course the crown jewel of Billy Napier's coaching staff, has now been promoted to overseeing the entire secondary. He was the cornerbacks coach this past year as well as associate head coach, but with safeties coach and co-defense coordinator Patrick Tony leaving to join the Arizona Cardinals, now Raymond is the secondary director, let's call him. I, I did not think that you could create more titles and more business cards uh, on coaching staffs than what Billy Napier has done, and he has succeeded. My guess uh, is someone went after him. Some yeah, team went yeah. After and Corey him. Raymond was a nice pluck from LSU, remember? Great pluck. He's a Highly Huge. regarded, yeah. not only really good, not coach. only coach of corners, but, a, but a great recruiter. Yeah, really good. And by the way, they brought in some decent guys on the back end. But I love the fact that you know we now passing game coordinator is an accepted title. We have it now. Run game coordinator, we have it now. And now we're <laughs> going to get those on the defensive side. And That's he'll get a raise. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's how you give him yes, a raise. Yes, yes. Because he now, quote, unquote, has a title. But he's already associate head coach, so he's already getting paid a chunk there. But, yeah, that's probably what happened. Director of the secondary. <laughs> I do love that. Uh, I'm assistant that's to the a, traveling secretary. Yeah, that, I'm director of the secondary. You are director yeah, of remote setup, Joe. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Dylan is here making Dylan's sure here. That, that we right. do not get uh, you know knocked <laughs> off the air. But, you know, I'm I, I, my, my business card is jack of all trades, master of none. I mean, it is <laughs> simple as that. But – it is crazy how they're trying to do it. I think of that great episode, Cheers, uh, one of the great sitcoms of all time, and they all wanted raises, and they'd go in and demand raises, and Sammy would just give them a new title. And they came out smiling. They had gotten a title. Or maybe it was uh, Kirstie Alley, whatever her character's name was. Uh, she gave them the new title. But anyway, just classic uh, from back in the day. And you have to do that or you risk losing a guy. Well, especially a guy like that who's just been so instrumental to their recruiting and was obviously instrumental to creating DBU at LSU. I mean, you consider the guys that he put into the league, whether it's Derek Stingley, Jamal Adams, and now already he gets Kamari Wilson. He flips Devin Moore. He got he gets coming in this upcoming recruiting class, Sharif Denson here locally, Bartram Trail, Jakeem Jackson, Dijon Johnson, Aaron Gates, Jordan Castell, Bryce Thornton, like, their biggest names that they have picked up in the class of 2023 and to an extent 2022 and 2024 are in the secondary. And no offense to Billy Napier, I don't think it's because they want to play for Billy. It's because mm-hmm. they want to play for Corey. Because yeah. they know that he will get them to the National Football League. It's, I mean, it's certainly he's the draw. He's the draw. But, I mean, a lot of these kids, the assistant coach is the draw. But at the end of the day, it's also the NIL deal, number one, of course. But it's all, you got to feel comfortable with, it, with the coach, too. you got to feel comfortable with the, the environment there at the university with the facilities. It's a lot of stuff. But to your point, certainly Corey Raymond is the big guy. He's the guy that initiates the contact. He's the guy that says, I've done this at LSU. Look at all the DBs there. This is what we're going to do in Florida. Yeah, I agree with you. It's more than that. But I think what Billy's trying to do right now by giving him that title is he's going to give him another raise. And he probably, this is my sense. I have not heard this. My sense is someone came after him this offseason. Yeah. And he told Corey, look, I'm going to get you another title and another raise. And it worked out yeah. because Patrick Tony left for Arizona. Let's circle back, though, to Anthony Richardson real quick because I, with regards to Josh Allen. Because I, I'm just curious, as we're talking about these quarterbacks, whether it's Cam Newton or Justin Fields, and I'm not just, you know, labeling all 
mobile quarterbacks, dual threat quarterbacks as battering Rams because I don't think you would identify Leon Lamar Jackson as that type mm. of player. But I do think as we talk about the shelf life and the window for the Buffalo Bills, you know, it's worth noting. Josh Allen hasn't had a ton of major injuries, but he had an elbow injury too earlier this season. How much longer does he have? And perhaps will that then change how draft pundits, but also how teams view players like an Anthony Richardson where it's such an instrumental part of their game? Well, what, the last thing you want a player to do is be, be out of character. All right? You, you want them to play to their style. And Josh Allen and Anthony Richardson, they fling their bodies around. They're big physical quarterbacks that fling their bodies around. But they got to understand to have any kind of longevity in this league. After it's just like it's like it's the totality of the of the punches. It's like the tw- like the first rounds to the twelfth round. Yeah, you know, you're taking a totality of punches, body blows, body shots, leg shots, hip shots, and, and as, as fun as it may. I'm thinking these guys want to play beyond 10, 12, 15 years. Yeah, so if they can, the, if they can, it's just that, that I take a guy like Big Ben. Big Ben is I, – I remember seeing Big Ben at, uh, at Jerome Bettis' party. I mm-hmm. thought he was a linebacker. He was a huge He's a big. huge man. Yeah. Now, he, he – I thought he was a linebacker because I was behind him. <laughs> yeah. And I said, who's this a big D-D. white boy? I said, yeah. who's this big dude in front of me? I turned around. I said, oh, that's Big Ben. But all, every bit of six, six, whatever. But big, even as Big Ben, as big as Big Ben was, he never flung his body around. You know, he, he, he would, guys would get on him. He would shake him off. It's like he never ran. He played a long time. I'm yeah. just concerned that you don't want to take away their framework of what they do best. Yeah. But you want them to be a little bit more cautious in their play yeah. so they can be, be around for a long And the other thing time. is, is if, if you're a boxer, okay, you yeah. know basically where the hits are coming from, mm-hmm. okay, protect the body and head. Yeah. Quarterback, you don't unprotected shots, man, you know. because they're coming at you from every angle. Back, and that is, from that the is front, a, back, side, yes, all that's that kind a of stuff. big, big deal. All right, so since we're doing this, since we brought up Cam, uh, let's. I got two funky facts today, if Ooh, I could fit okay. both of them in. Let's do Let's it. just do one right now because I, it, we are on the subject. Time now for a funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. You can look for them in the cooler section of your local grocer. Enjoy a little craft this weekend with some funky Buddha. Uh, now, most games with passing touchdown and rushing touchdown. Okay? I'm going to give you the top dog. It's Cam Newton. Okay, mm-hmm. and the fact that they're comparing an Anthony Richardson right. skill set to a guy that owns the NFL record for the most games with passing and rushing touchdowns. Now, I'll admit, under the sun, I'm trying to make sure that I have my timeline as accurate as possible. I may be just a tick off here numbers-wise, but give me the top four. Cam Newton's number one, so I need the next Vic. three. Michael Vick. Michael Vick. Michael Vick. Next three. Lamar. Russ Wilson. Russ Wilson, yeah. The day is going to come when we're going to quit naming Russ Wilson as one of our guesses. Uh, Randall Cunningham? Wait, so who, do we, do we have no, nobody one? has hit anything. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. In one season or career? No, most games with a – he didn't have 40-some in one season. Most, most games. games with a passing right. touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Tom Brady. Cam Newton, Cam Newton leads the list with 40, I think 45. Aaron Rodgers. JJ might be right. Tom Brady? No, no. But we do have, finally, we have uh, the guy who came out of the darkness. Yeah! Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. Pass and rush touchdown. Yeah. 
He has at and least Lamar's Steve, not on Steve the list. Young. Uh, right now, I don't have him on the list. That's Steve all I'm Young's saying. Steve Young. All right, now we got another one. All right. All right, well, Steve well Young. Steve Young had 31 games with at least a passing and a rushing Jeff touchdown. Jeff Garcia. Nah. That's a good one. Um, all right, now we're going old school. Fran. Mark. Mark there Lundell. you go, JJ. Fran Tarkington. I was yep. thinking Fran yep. Fran Tarkington. So there you go. Well top done. four. Top well four. Done. But Cam is at the top of that list. Don't be putting Anthony Richardson in. The, don't Just don't discuss him. You can say he has a Cam Newton type of skill set, but he did nothing like you guys said earlier. Cam Newton, you would argue, might have been the best player of this era in the 21st century, and that's putting Tim Tebow and him neck and neck against one another. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good conversation right there. Are you guys ready for this? This is according to DraftKings Sportsbook, so do with this information what you will. Anthony Richardson's odds to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. They opened at plus 10,000. Last week they were at plus 5,000. Yesterday, plus 1,500. Today, plus 750. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do with else. that information what yeah. you will, folks. It, it, it is a beautiful Tuesday. Or Tuesday. Wow. Why did I say Tuesday? Yeah. Friday. Yikes, Mia. Come on. Get it together, kid. You take a four-day week, and here we are. Beautiful Friday here at Famous Quick Lube on Beach and Penman. We are here until 3 o'clock. Stop on by. Say hi. $19.99 oil change plus taxes for 1010XL listeners only, or you could get $10 off an upgraded or synthetic oil change. Free food and drinks. Stop on by. Say hi. We'll circle back to Bobby Wagner. I know. Oh, let me give you an update real quick. Oh, yeah. Josh Allen is matched Fran Tarkington because oh, okay. of the type of hits that we're talking about. So there you go. Okay, there we go. All right. Well, we'll obviously stay on the subject of Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. We'll circle back to Bobby Wagner. Where might he be a good fit? We have Patrick Young coming on at 2 o'clock, and we also have Rick Spielman joining yep. us at 140. Excited to see uh, what he thinks of this upcoming NFL draft crop. It's XL Primetime on a Friday from beautiful, famous Quick Lube on Beach Boulevard in Penman. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. One of the anthems you can always count on a little metal on Friday from us. And we got the metal over here, famous Quick Loop. They will work on your ride. Uh, we are at the brand new famous Quick Loop Beach and Penman. Uh, you see RPs right down the road, Duncan on the other side. Uh, if you're heading back into town heading west we're on the right hand side if you're heading east we're on the left hand side right at beach and Pinman. we'd love to see you we got patrick young coming by a little bit later on uh rick spielman uh former general manager of the national football league does a great job on cbs sports hq uh we're going to catch up with him but we'd love to catch up with you you got a little heavy metal you got a big hair request any rock and roll we just like it on a friday you can hit 641-1010 hit the text line designed by lifetime enclosures and, and, and i'm telling chili palmer and all my other dudes here at the beach Beach, come on by because it's $19.99 plus tax for an oil change. That is a great deal. You can also get the upgrade if you're looking for that when it comes to synthetic oil. They've got AC checks, battery checks, you name it. They want to make you feel famous and absolutely handle it for you. All right, let's use a that to get us into this conversation with, uh, with what's going on in the, well, in the college football world. That just happened. Brought to you by... Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, uh, Brett McMurphy, who college football reporter for the Action Network, just reported that the Pac-12 is in discussions with, are you ready? Uh-huh. The Ion Network. <laughs> the Ion Network. 
Uh, televised games for the league. Now, this comes on the heels of what I wrote this morning. I had two different sources telling me that the Big Ten is not done. It's not done taking teams from the Pac-12. Uh-huh. They will get more. And they're in a situation right now where more than anything, they have to protect their investment in USC and UCLA. Right. They cannot let USC and UCLA be out there on an island, an academic and athletic island yeah. on the West Coast. They, they're, they're, their shortest road trip, shortest, mm-hmm. okay, is 1,600 miles. To Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, that's crazy. Their longest is twenty, almost twenty seven hundred to Piscataway. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's almost so, uh, ha, ha, or more than three fourths of our country. You cannot ask what will be the day they enter the league. They will be two of the top five properties in the league. Mm-hmm. It'll it, it, it'll be Ohio State or Michigan, however you want to do one and two, and then USC, then UCLA, then Penn State. Those right. are the five biggest properties. Yeah, you cannot ask two of them to travel. Literally, you can't. You cannot ask their their student athletes yeah. to take <laughs> multiple days away during the week, away from their studies, mm-hmm. to go play sports oh, all yeah. the way across oh, the country. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. So they need more teams on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So they will get more teams on the West. All right. Coast. So yeah. I now have sure. a new name. Sure, they okay. care about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it, it's that, and it's a, and here's another reason why. Obviously, Leon, it's it's the athletic part of it. When the playoff expands to 12 teams. Mm-hmm. The $1.2 billion is going to be distributed by what they call uh, – it's what the NCAA tournament uses. They call them uh, units. You yeah. get specific units for each team that plays a game. Each team in your we conference plays a game. We distribute this, this, and this So if you have four teams in the, in the playoff, and that's automatically four games they're playing in the first round. If two of them advance, then you've got six games. The further you go, the more it's – let's just say it. Let's just say I'm throwing a number out there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's $5 million per game. Mm-hmm. That's how you earn money. So you need to have more teams that have the ability to reach that playoff and get those units yeah. to earn that money. Right, and so, so that means mm-hmm. Washington and Oregon are right at the top of the list. Yeah, and they make sense. Now, my new name for these two conferences, it's very easy. It's geography. It's the southeast versus the northwest. That's what it should be. I know they will not change the Big Ten's name. We all know that. It's a fabric of college football. But that's what it is. Geographically, it's the southeast versus the, the northwest. And they will try and conquer from both sides – the game of college football. Now, what I heard was it was Washington and Miami. No. As I'm just telling you. Not true. Yeah, I'm, I'm just <laughs> telling you what I heard. I'm going to tell you okay? why. But I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, because, because they are still – they are not going to close the door on anything. What you say makes perfect sense. I'm just telling you what well, I heard. No, I'm going to tell you legally yeah, why it's not yeah. real. Because – and the FSU AD is out right now. Yeah. Literally, as we are talking, yeah. the FSU AD, FSU's new, FSU's new AD – is talking to the Board of Trustees of Florida State, right. and the Board of Trustees are asking them how much it's going to cost to get out of the ACC. Right, the rights of okay. you know, the broadcast so, number. So the, you know, the AD tells them it's going to be $120 million, and it sounds like okay, they might be okay with that. What he never told them was the ACC owns the grant of rights. In yeah. other words, FSU's media rights until 2036. Yeah. So even if they were to buy their way out, okay, technically, mm-hmm. give that $120 million, to the ACC and leave and go join the Big Ten or the SEC, Every, like the SEC, the first year they're in the SEC and they get that $75 million, it all goes to the ACC. Mm-hmm. The ACC owns their grant of rights. Until. Now, unless yeah. unless a, an attorney can figure out a way to break that contract, which, right. which there's no way to break that contract. I've right. seen it. Yeah. So and, unless and, that happens, unless you have a buyout. they owe money. Yeah. Whatever yeah. conference they go to, their money goes right back to the ACC. Mm-hmm. Even so with it's not going to happen. Even with the buyout. Even with the buyout, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. Well, you could have a buyout because things can change. There is a, an agreement right now, and you can just take a look at Texas and Oklahoma. It wasn't nearly as severe as this. Granted, right's totally different. It was expiring at a much earlier date. So, 
in twenty twenty in twenty twenty five. Exactly. That's why it was year much more manageable. Yeah. And it still was uh, what, a hundred and thirty? hundred million. Yeah. Uh, and so it was a big number. And so anything I I have learned the, I guess the point is the buyout means nothing. Yeah. It literally means nothing. You could give them five hundred million, it doesn't right. matter. Right. They're not gonna let you get out of that where your where your rights are, I, I, are their money. Right. I guess what I'm saying is the buyout would include where your rights are now your rights instead of their rights. Well if they if they yeah. were gonna do that then it would be Okay, well, so you're projecting to get $40 million yeah. a year yeah. until 2036. So mm-hmm. for the next, you know, you figure out whatever you have to call 30, let's say it's $40 million times what? That's 12 years? Mm-hmm. 13 years? All right, so you're going to pay us half a billion dollars and you yeah. can leave. Yeah, it would you not think make, State's going to yeah. do that? Yeah, it would not make any sense. But it's still being discussed right now. <laughs> I mean, come no, on. They're talking about $120 yeah. million. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I so want to circle back to the uh, Pac-12. Obviously, the, F- the FSU news is obviously most pertinent to our listening area, but I do want to circle back and put on my local TV news nerd hat. Nerd alert. Yes, JJ. So I own TV is owned by the Scripps company, EW Scripps, 61 local TV stations nationwide. Uh, If anybody else out there is a TV nerd in the weeds, the Bally Sports Regional Networks are obviously in jeopardy right now. They are technically owned by the Sinclair Media Group, who also owns multiple, and by multiple, I mean dozens of local television stations across the country. Um, Scripps is now launching Scripps Sports, which I would think is their attempt to compete with Bally Sports, even though that has failed for Sinclair. Now, Once Bally Sports is the old Fox Sports Network. Right. Yeah, they're, and they're, they're Fox Sports Regional. Correct. They're in they trouble bought of, them all. Right. They bought all them. What I find was fascinating about this from, again, my local news background, is that Scripps is also trying to, within each state, try to build up its own network right here in the state of Florida, for example. And I apologize if I'm breaking news from my former employer. Um, They are looking to purchase one of the local TV stations here in town because Jacksonville is the one market they don't have. They are now in because they've now purchased stations in Tampa, Tallahassee, Palm Beach. They have put a state bureau reporter in Tallahassee. And then if they get Jacksonville, that's their goal of how they could then dominate the state of Florida. They are doing that in multiple other states as well. And so that's where the script sports thing is fascinating to me because maybe this is a better business model than just let's buy the Fox regionals and they're just going to flourish on their own. And so if I own TV slash script sports is to get the Pac-12, would they do something similar in the state of California? But wait for it, without UCLA and USC, would all that be for naught anyways? Well, here's the thing. Again, that's what I said earlier. The Big Ten is not going to leave them out on an island. They're going to get teams from the Pac-12. So all they're going to do is just basically wait it out. They're going to wait it out. They're going to, the Pac-12 will come up with ESPN and ION and some other streaming, and they're going to say we're going to get you $32 million a year. And then the Big Ten is going to look at Oregon and Washington and say we're going to give, we'll give you 50 And that ends that. Mm-hmm. And that ends that. That's what will happen. Because they, they can't they, – it, it's, it's more than just, okay, we need more teams for better media rights deals. They can't leave USC and UCLA alone out there. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not. It's not. You, yeah. you can't. You can't ask the players to do that. I feel like they went down other roads just to find out what else might be possible. But yeah, geographically, it makes all the sense. And in if the you're world. and if you're Washington and Oregon, yeah. you, eat, you What's your choice? Stay at thirty million. Yeah. Or I choose mean, or choose to survive with the Big Ten, even though you're not getting an equal share from the other that the other Big yeah. Ten schools get. It's just so and funny. And even though you're going to have to schlep to Piscataway. Yeah. Right. You're still across eighteen scholastic much sports. better situation for the Yeah, future. you have the finances to pay for that. It, it, you know, it's like it, originally when this all went down, you're like, okay, wait a minute. You're not they're not done. Those two schools made the most sense. Arizona and Arizona State or Oregon and Washington. Both of those combos made the most sense because they're trying to trap territory and markets. And Seattle's a big one. And Oregon is just, you know, you can 
I guess, count on the Portland market. It's, it's a big enough one, but uh, they're now just trying to it's, – it's acquiring assets is basically what it is. So my next question, Matt, how is the SEC going to compete with this? Are they okay with where they are? I don't think they, they care. Are? They're fine with where they are. They're fine at 16. Um, so, it, so, to my, the, so, the AC, so to FSU trying to buy out of the ACC, would they be trying to come to the SEC? No, I, I don't think those guys know what they're talking about. That's the thing. I literally don't think these guys know what they're talking about. If, if that wasn't the number one thing brought up in that meeting, hey, what about the uh, exclusive granted rights deal we signed with the ACC where they get all of our money till 20, till 2036 if we leave? wasn't even mentioned. So I don't, even know, I don't even know if they know what's going on there. They're just asking to buy out just because they're seeing everybody I, else. I, I, mean, I don't know where they're going to go. Do they go to the Big 12? And guess what? Any money they make in the Big 12 from 2024 till 2036 goes to the ACC. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't – again – it, it baffles me that, that a board of trustees and an athletic director are talking about this, not only publicly at a meeting, right. but they're not addressing the biggest part of the entire process. So, I, so here's the thing. If it goes to court and it gets overturned, which, again, I don't think it would, but let's just say pie in the sky it does, and it gets overturned, and then Miami and Florida are free, then I think you would see a bidding war between the SEC over Miami. Mm-hmm. The SEC would probably add Florida State, and they'd probably want Miami – the Big Ten definitely would like Miami, Joe, yeah. because then that gets them in the state of Florida. Well, yeah. Then they truly are a national. Yeah. Then they truly are a national brand because yeah. then you're you're up in the Midwest, you're in the Deep South, Florida, and, and, and you're out all the way out west. I just know this much: we are in poach times. Okay, we are in poach times. Imagine telling Washington that that like your volleyball team has to fly yeah. three thousand miles exactly. to go play Miami. We just helped you. We fixed you with How this, this quote geography team? problem. Now you got to cross transcontinental uh, th- three or four times a year. No, it, the finances are so sick right now, and I don't know where they're going. But there is a greediness that's taking place right now because they all know that they need to get to the finish line first. Whoever it is wants to get to the finish line first. And give me Southeast versus Northwest. That's fine. At least geographically I could dig it and I can understand it. And that would be Super D1. It would be NFL Light. It would be whatever you want to name it. That's what it would, would end up being. It will still be that. Eventually it's going to come to that. There will be a just a massive league is what yeah. it will be. Yeah, of it's, it's going to be Super D1. Of the elite, mm-hmm. yeah. of the elite football playing schools, 40 yeah. Yeah. 45, 50, and it'll just be that. And yeah. they'll put them in divisions. It'll be a mini NFL. Yeah. That's oh. what's going to happen. Listen, we called for the Nooners, the beach, the beach types, and to come over here to Famous Quick Loop. And these, you know, Van these, Camp. Yeah, they, these are the guys Van that we Cam get to show off. Van Camp is always making yeah. the pilgrimage. Yeah. And he's, yes. he's, he's rocking his, his Jags. But uh, did Tim he shorts. bring that Valentine's Day meal, the yeah. spread? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah. the real question. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, see any, I, don't, I don't see him carrying. Homemade yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's got, <laughs> he's got yeah. Let's go. He's the man. He does, by the way, have a drink. Yeah. Well, he's got the limoncello. I can see it by now. Way, how, how do you like his cooler? You, yeah. know, you walk around with your little, yeah. you know, your little koozie. Yeah. His koozie is a Ziploc bag with ice. Yep. Yeah. You know what that is? Bag. That was, you know, that's used to be back in the day. You had a Menorcan koozie and a Menorcan uh, cooler. That's what that is. But that 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 looks like a lime Persian cello. Lime. That's a lime cello. Nice. I'm going to give him this for that. It's probably what I'm going to end up doing. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's XL Primetime, famous quick loop. We're right here at Beach and Pinman. So drop on by, like FanCam and many others. Uh, you got a 1999 plus tax oil change special. They also have discounts if you're going to go with an upgrade oil, synthetic oil, whatever it might be. Uh, you can make sure and take advantage of that as well. But they want to make you feel famous. They are locally owned and operated. We're talking the family business as they just sit out here and hang out and enjoy cooking up a lunch for you. So drop on by Famous Quick Lube right here at Beach and Penman. 
It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. DJ JJ back at 1010XL World Headquarters is accepting your big hair, heavy metal Friday song suggestions. We are live from the famous Quick Lube on Beach and Pem in a beautiful Friday. Apologies to our nooners. I scared you. I said Tuesday accidentally. Well, don't worry. It goes beyond me misspeaking on the radio. Uh, also forgot to make sure we have the latest episode of Guggen Hoops on all of our channels. We do have it on you know, YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. That went up as planned this morning, but now live on Instagram as well, the season finale. Uh, watch Dan Hicken attempt to compete with uh, Providence's trio of stars, which includes Mason Lee, who is a UNF signee, cool. and Chris Arias, who is committed to Jordan Mincy and JU. Jalen Robinson has got a ton of offers, and so uh, we'll see if Dan can finally pull out a win for uh, Team 1010XL. That's now live on all of the 1010XL social pages. Definitely check it out. You know, UNF is coming down the stretch right now trying to make sure they can make the A-Sun tournament. Yep. Yours yeah. truly will be on the call tonight, senior night. Uh, Carter Henriksen going to be the lone senior honored. Mm -hmm. I mean, he it feels like he's been here forever. He'll tell you he, he feels like he's been here forever. Uh, this is finally his last season. Uh, I mean, dude went off on Wednesday. I was on the call for that one as well. 15 points in the first half and then unfortunately um, sat out the second half due to health concerns. Um, it's, it's super cool and I, I you know I'm going to have to we're going to have to ask our boy Matt Matthew Driscoll, and maybe right. even Patrick Young when he joins us live from Famous Quick Lube at 2 o'clock. Um, Matthew Driscoll has continued, Joe, to mm -hmm. the heart monitors that everyone oh, had to wear yeah. during COVID. He still does that just to test, like, you know, different levels of, you know, heart rate and things like that. And I guess he felt that the levels for Carter during even pregame shoot-around right. weren't, weren't great. Um, and then he still played, and then he just felt like he looked dehydrated. He looked not fully into the game and so he opted to have him not play but that ended up being okay because uh all of a sudden UNF pulled away against the third place team by 18 within the first two minutes of the first half of the second half so you know, uh, paid off you got medical advancements everywhere, everywhere. That, and, and take advantage of them right absolutely yeah I, I, absolutely yeah you could, you could keep an eye on guys internal body temperature their heart rate there is so much stuff going on uh the, the you know the app that the tour uses uh is i think it's called boom and and boop whatever it is uh you can find it but it basically measures your heart rate all the time and heck i got the fitbit i can do an actual little like two minutes of holding my fitbit to show my my heartbeat and it'll pick up on any abnormal rhythms. There are just so many things out there right now that you can have to help you. So 100% take advantage of it. I like hearing that, uh, that, that Matthew Driscoll's on it. That but that'll way. be a big one tonight as they get set to host Bellarmine, who, of course, are the reigning ASUN conference tournament champs. They weren't able to qualify for the NCAA because they are still a transitioning program, mm -hmm. but that should be a goodie tonight at UNF Arena as well. All right. Now, before Big Surs gets out of here, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, what's been going on uh, with Russell Wilson, the biggest story in the National Football League, and, and you know, trying to figure out what's going to happen next with him. And then knowing that, you know, you can have little shockwaves. Are you surprised, Leon, that as many maybe teammates – even though they kind of fall under the anonymous label, are speaking out against him, either past teammates up in Seattle or maybe current teammates in Denver? Well, I mean, guys have a tendency to pile on, especially when it comes to bad news. Uh, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate it'd be because if you had an issue with the guy before everything went down here, I mean, you would have made it an issue back then. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's – listen, I mean – it's coming out that Russell Wilson is is not a 
I'm not saying not a good person, but not a good teammate. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a little bit selfish, full of himself, and want things run his run his way. Yeah. And and in any locker room, I, I we we know we know the pecking order in the locker room, but you you still have a sense of being a part of the team and not trying to ostracize yourself and special privileges and yeah. all this other kind of stuff. So he's coming across as a guy that, uh, you know, wants things his way, thinks he's earned that right to have things his way, and he's probably been rubbing the, a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah, especially as the athletic reported the story, he has an office. He has an office. Uh, in, Which in, he won't anymore under yeah, Sean Payton, yeah. and he won't the, have his team either. In the Denver football facility, he had an office, just like a coach, which led one of the coaches to say to him, and I just don't want to – like I'm just paraphrasing his quote, but basically just something to the effect of either you're a player or you're a coach, okay? You need to do your business when you're meeting with other teammates at your locker room or at your locker in the locker room, but he basically made it seem like, hey – Here's my office. If you need me, come see me. That is not good uh, among, what would you say, uh, 53 players, Leon? No, it's not good, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that is not. I mean, you'd be looking at him like, what? Get that out of here. I still don't even. I still can't even wrap my mind around that. He had his own office yes, yes. with the football coaches. Yeah. And then also had his so own in team. in that area. Yeah, he has his own personal quarterback coach who was allowed to operate out of the Denver facility, his personal nutritionist, and his personal athletic trainer. Yeah, which is what Sean Payton has already answered that's, to. He said, that ain't happening. No, no, I know that. But yeah. that's, that's also what he probably ma- got with his deal. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. But, but, yeah, but, but which the, also isn't good, but right, yeah. I understand that. But the, the, Remember the office the, with the coaches? Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, he had his own locker in the probably locker? Probably wanted his yeah. own bathroom. Yeah, yeah he might have, yeah. You know, the next thing you know, he's going to be using the executive washroom. I mean, how much like of a George. diva do you have to be? Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so funny because remember remember the uh, backlash with, with Tom Brady and his trainer? Right. And, and just how kind of all of a sudden there, there needed to be a line drawn between – Okay, wait a minute. I, I have a trainer that's with the team that is in charge of making sure players are, are set. Right. I can't have you have your trainer telling me to step off right. while while this guy takes care of you, which was a problem. And that was Tom Brady. So what does Peyton Bro. do? Does yeah. Peyton does he lock up the office like you know the guy did on Costanza in Seinfeld? Yeah, yeah. He does might. he? Does he? Does I'm Russ, in my like, office. Way in? Yeah, I'm yeah. in my office. He, he might have can, to. Yeah. Can you imagine Russell Wilson going in the locker room, leaving notes on the offensive line, saying, "Offensive line, come see him in my office. We need to talk about this protection." <laughs> they go whip his Russ, ass. With Russ would have got. He, he got jumped. You got ones. leaped on. Yeah, yeah, he got leaped. That's it. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, I, I got to bring this this one thing up uh, before Leon gets out of here because this is just uh, look. We find PFF at times to be amusing, uh, you know, fodder for us and, and so on and so forth. The best quarterback in college football uh, this past season, uh, in your mind, would have been would have been who? Best quarterback in college football this past season. Who would you put up there? Caleb Willard. Williams. Yeah, you put Caleb. You'd uh, definitely have to put uh, Bryce, right? Bryce, yeah. Uh, PFF. Stroud. Yeah, exactly. CJ Stroud would definitely be up there. Um, PFF puts together these grades for the best quarterback uh, each year. And I'm just making sure that I pull these up to, to have them correct. But they put Jordan Travis uh, up there in the conversation with the other guys. What, uh, what pops when you hear that? Jordan Travis is the best college quarterback, according to PFF. This past season. This past season? Yeah. And, this and, past season. And basically they put together their rankings. I'm just <laughs> trying to make sure that I can pull this up. Did they watch the Florida game? Yeah. Well, uh, again, I, I – Against that literally a I, – I say terrible all the time. 
Yeah, you do. As, as hyperbole. Give it, terrible. Give it, give it. As, as hyperbole, but that Florida, Florida defense, terrible. Give it to us, and JJ. Did you see? I know did you, you have it. <laughs> did you see what he Terrible. did against that? What he did against that Florida defense? Yeah. He, I think he completed like forty percent of his passes. Oh, yeah, it, 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 it dropped. But for his like two fantastic off-schedule runs, yeah, that ended one was a touchdown, one ended up at the one. They don't win that game. Yeah, and, and it, it's so funny because he has been a dynamic runner for them and has come a long way as a passer. There's no question about it. He absolutely has. Yeah, and so I think what we might be looking at more than anything else is that he's taken this nice big leap uh, when it comes to you know. He was, Joe, 13 of 30 against that Florida defense. Yeah. I think the Vandy quarterbacks completed like 75% of their passes against Mm -hmm, the Florida defense. mm -hmm. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. And, come on. And they, you know, they basically tried to put together, you know, a list of the number of players that they thought, you know, with, with the way things have, you know, basically how they graded out, what they were looking at, the criteria, all that kind of stuff. Now, they had C.J. Stroud. They had Bryce Young. They had the normal suspects up there as well. But when I looked at it, I'm like, wait a minute. What am I seeing here? My God, the two quarterbacks in that game in Tallahassee last year. Yeah. Anthony Richardson, 9 of 27. Right. Jordan Travis, 13 <laughs> of 30. Wow. Oh, yeah. 22 of 57 in the throw game in that game. Yeah. And yeah. Woo. Yeah. And hey, so listen, when you start looking you at those. Taken either one yeah. of them. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty scary. That's how bad we were. <laughs> and when, you know, you're trying to figure out what is, what is Jordan Travis this year coming back? How much better can he be? Uh, what happens to that offense uh, when, when they take, you know, when they take the field? How, I, th- I think he'll know, be, What's the percentage of improvement that you're going to get? From I him? think he'll be better just because he's another year in the system. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be a better thrower. I don't think he's going to be the best quarterback in the game, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to be perfect for what they need. I think he's going to give them the ability to win 10 or 11 games, absolutely. Now, here's the beautiful thing about this is it, 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 I'm just looking at it, okay, and I do not see the criteria. I see highest-graded quarterback by season since 2014, and I see Jordan Dra- Travis. I see Kenny Pickett the previous year along with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. I see Mac Jones in 2020. I see Burrow in 2019. Kyler the year before that. Baker the year before that. Actually, the two previous years for Baker. And then Jared Goff and Marcus Mariota. And so I can't help but say to myself, what is going on that they put Jordan Travis that high up? What? Highest rated. Mm-hmm. Highest, highest graded is how they, how they worded it. All right. Quick pivot before we say goodbye to Leon for the day. JJ, can I hit of that, please? That just happened brought to you by florida home ac the official air conditioning partner of the jacksonville jaguars no word on the numbers and cents just yet but the jacksonville jaguars have announced they have re-signed backup quarterback cj bethard to a contract extension the team just announced a few moments ago bethard of course has been trevor lawrence's backup the past two seasons he had signed a two-year deal again no word on what the extension exactly looks like but he will be back in duval for the very least this upcoming 2023 season leon that's just the beginning of rebuilding this masterpiece here in duval you gotta start somewhere bro (laughs) and they bring him back and at least they put him in a position to where he can just keep being the you know the what, the confidence guy? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad track. they resigned him. I hope I never see him mm-hmm. in the game. <laughs> All right, uh, Big, you're going to head out and enjoy this beautiful weather? Oh, absolutely. All right, enjoy it. You got it. At Leon Searcy Jr. One, make sure you find him on social media. He'll be out and about having a good time, uh, especially under this glorious sunshine. Let's say hello to Rick Spielman coming up. What did he think of what happened with this football team from 
everything that they went through, including 0 for October, to making it to the second week of the postseason. Now, Yellow. another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. We are hanging out at Famous Quick Lube right here at Beach and Penman, XL Primetime. Drop on by and say hello. Pleasure to say hello right now to Rick Spielman. He has been a longtime executive in the National Football League, now part of CBS Sports HQ. He joins us. Rick, welcome in. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on today. Hey, really appreciate your time. You know, one of the last times we caught up with you, and hopefully we, we, we need to do it more often, but you were out at training camp, and we had you on the air. We had a nice conversation, especially from your general manager and executive background. Did you see in, in training camp what ultimately became these Jacksonville Jaguars making it to the uh, divisional round? Well, you can see just in that practice that I was at, we were out there two days with your friend Pete Pistrick. Frisco, so um, and, and he was even kind of impressed, which is hard to imagine Pete being impressed with anything in life. But that's a whole nother story. But uh, no, you can tell the energy at that practice. I think the day that we were there, Trevor Lawrence didn't have a ball on the ground. Uh, the coaches, the just the energy level was totally different uh, than I think it's been there in the past. So. You didn't know how good it was going to be. I remember Pete was getting on me because I said they will be 8-8-1, eight, eight and uh, one, or I said they'd be 500 or a little better, and uh, mm. he said they can't be 500 with 17 games, so I went 9-8 uh, and eight on their, their record. So I was nice. uh, glad to see that it come together, and uh, they did a hell of a job this year. Rick, right on the money. Thanks so much again to Rick Spielman for joining us. I don't know if I was on the money. It was a lucky guess. <laughs> Hey, all right. Hey, we'll take it. We'll take it, though. Uh, Rick, for you, um, your vantage point as a former longtime general manager, what we're seeing Trent Baalke do here in Jacksonville obviously um, was much maligned most of the past year up until the success of the last few months. Um, knowing what he did in San Francisco, what he's doing here, what's the perception from executives around the league with regards to what he has built and what he still has to do here in Jacksonville? Yeah, no, Trent's a great personnel man, great talent evaluator, uh, knows what he was doing. I think the biggest thing was how aggressive they were going out and getting a lot of players, especially in the free agent market last year. I know they spent big on that. That's credit to their ownership and the Khan family for giving them the resources to do that. And, he, you know, almost everybody he either drafted or signed had some kind of contribution towards the turnaround season that they had. And it just seemed to get better and better. Um, and I think that the critical point, of, at least following Jacksonville this year, was after that week eight loss was it in London. I believe it was against the um, Broncos or uh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. I remember throwing him that that pick near the red zone and then the pick at the end of the game. Uh, but also that seemed to like turn everything around when they came back from London, because they really went on a, a really nice win streak there. I think they won five in a row after, but Trevor Lawrence was for whatever reason, a different quarterback after that London game. And even when you watch the uh, incredible playoff game, he threw those four interceptions you didn't get the same sense of the old Jacksonville Jaguars because of who they have at quarterback that you, you saw them score, I believe, right before the half. And you said, watch this. They've got a good enough team. This quarterback's good enough that he's going to be able to bring him from behind. And I think 
everything that they were able to accomplish this year, I think it's going to propel into next year as well. Rick, where are the holes in this team right now? And really, maybe holes isn't a good word. What, what areas do they need to improve to take that next step next year? I think just, you know, if you look at overall, just the, the back end of the secondary, I think uh, that's one thing they have to improve their best pass defense, um, whether that's getting more players on the back end, especially on what they're going to do at corner. Uh, I don't believe they'll have the same type of cap space uh, to go out and make as big a splash in free agency as they did last year. So I think it's going to be more of a build through draft. They do have two, in my opinion, two critical pieces, whether they're able to sign both of them or not. Um, Evan Ingram is definitely a big part of that offense. And I think he may be more affordable than maybe, you know, re-signing Juwan Taylor, the right tackle. Um, and we just did a mock draft yesterday on CBS uh, on our podcast. It's called With the uh, First Pick. And I actually had Jacksonville. And I can see them going corner uh, where, where they're picking in the, the lower end of the first round. Do they create cap space if Shaq Griffin is, is a cap casualty? Uh, then they're definitely going to need some depth at the corner position. But I kind of went out of the box a little bit, whether it's out of the box or not, is they took the resources that they were able to have to sign Ingram back because I don't think there is a tight end, maybe Mayer from Notre Dame, that's a very solid, going to be a really good player in the NFL, but I don't know if he creates the same mismatches that Ingram does. But I think one of those potential right tackles could be there if they don't sign Taylor back, whether that's a Dewan Jones from Ohio State or whether uh, the kid Wright, Darnell Wright from Tennessee, uh, to potentially fill that need. But they're going to have to fill some of those needs uh, in the draft this year. We're talking with Rick Spielman. You can check him out, CBS Sports HQ, also uh, with the First Pick podcast. Both he and Ryan Wilson, a- another friend of the show, doing great stuff when it comes to breaking down the draft. Now, Rick, we know we got to answer the, the Taylor and Ingram-, Ingram question, like what you said about Evan, but take this pile of guys that they have to re-sign or do something with their salary cap situation. You as a former GM, how do they handle that? Restructuring contracts, making decisions on who to keep and who, who to say goodbye to. Well, you got to decide on who your core players are, you know, and then they have some, you know, decent pass. I mean, Smoot's a good football player for him. Arden Key, I, I thought had a really good year for him and his role, but you can't, you have to make it, you can't have everybody. So you have to decide who your core is, who, what guys do you want to extend? And then when you're doing your off season planning, you can look at free agency and see where the strength of free agency is compared uh, to where the strength of the draft is going to be. And that's positionally. So I think there's a lot of good corners in this year's draft. So if you don't address corner and free agency, and let's say they do move on, uh, from a Shaq Griffin to create some cap room, uh, then they may be able to pick that corner up in the draft because of the depth of the draft instead of going to free agency route. Because Bradbury, I think, is going to be very expensive. You know, do they go get an Eli Apple type or someone that's not going to be as expensive? Will that help their ball club or you just go, go with a draft? So it's a lot of decisions on not only who you want to have on your roster this year, who you want to extend, but maybe a year or two from now, 
what your cap situation going to be looking like because all indications right now is uh, the way the quarterback's going, he's going to be paid as one of the top uh, quarterbacks when his time comes. And, of course, the pass rush is a million-dollar question here in Jacksonville. We're sp talking with Rick Spielman of CBS Sports, former NFL GM on the Fair and Farrah phone line. Rick, a lot of folks in these parts weren't too satisfied with the pass rush production, and so that's where I think the million-dollar question is, knowing the depth of this draft at the corner position, but also knowing you probably need to fortify the edge rusher position, what sort of conundrum does that create where you know you need more pass rushers? Do you sign them in free agency versus – okay, maybe we have to take a pass rusher a little bit higher in the draft than we otherwise would have just because this class isn't as good, but also your evaluation of sack production by the Jaguars in 2022. Yeah, I think that they've all, they, they got better as the uh, season progressed. I think uh, the, you know, Walker's going to even get better next year. You can see all the, the athletic skill set there. I think he'll continue to develop and him and Allen got a chance to be two of the uh, better pass rusher combinations in the league if they continue to come along. Um, but when you do have a pass rush, it sure does help the back end. So I think they'll look at, you know, all the things that they have on their roster, all the players that have on their roster right now. Can these guys get better? Uh, and if we do have to add, you know, are we going to have to do it through the draft because it's going to be a, a much cheaper option than potentially going out and signing an unrestricted free agent, especially a pass rusher. Who knows? Maybe there's someone that comes available in a trade. You never know because there's a lot of time between now, the draft, and when the season starts. Hey, Rick, no, knowing the, the, the depth that it takes to coach and manage and organize an NFL team, not, you know, at the, not even to mention the, you know, dealing with all the different egos, were you a little surprised that the coach – who picked up a team that had been the worst in the NFL the last two years, won the division, got him into the playoffs, won a playoff game, was not named coach of the year? Uh, I thought he should have been definitely a consideration for that, the way he uh, turned that whole organization around. And Doug Peterson's won a Super Bowl in a very tough market, and uh, he's an excellent football coach and a great communicator, and the players seem to really – enjoy playing for him. And when you watch Jacksonville on tape, they have fun and they play hard. And that's why you never seen, in my opinion, I never seen any quit in the, even when they went down that maybe five or six game losing streak that they had, uh, but they never quit. They just kept on fighting and trying to get better and better. And then it really came uh, together towards the end of the season. So he definitely should have been considered one, but Dable, what he was did with, you know, the Giants, who were supposed to be maybe getting the first overall pick in the draft this year, I thought he did an incredible job. There are a lot of good first-year head coaches that had success, but uh, Doug Peterson, to me, is one of the uh, best coaches in the NFL, and I think that will continue to show as, uh, as it moves forward down to Jacksonville. Last one for you, Rick, and then we want you to tell everybody where they can find you most often on CBS Sports HQ and uh, with your podcast with Ryan Wilson. But, you know, we say this a lot on the show. All right, we're going to make you the GM. Well, Rick's been a GM. Okay? Right. He's been a general manager. So <laughs> Successful. <laughs> yeah. so, like, so think of this, Rick, and how would you handle it? You don't have to, like, be gospel on the record here, but Jawan Taylor, Evan Ingram. As we sit today, you already mentioned that you would probably go Evan Ingram and look to re-sign him. How would you handle those two players? 
Yeah, I would definitely probably lean towards Ingram because he gives the quarterback another viable weapon, uh, especially in the passing game. And you don't want to take that away from the quarterback. I think there's some good tight ends in this draft, but I think where they're picking in the draft, uh, there's probably going to be a better offensive tackle than maybe a corner there or because the corner class is pretty deep that they can swing back around to get that corner. So anytime you're laying your off-season plan together, you have to understand the depth of those positions. And, you know, if I know that I can get a, you know, Darnell Wright from Tennessee or maybe a, a, a Dewan Jones from Ohio State at the bottom of the purse, if there's no offensive tackles that we like after that, then you have to take them if that's where they developed on your board. Where if you have maybe three or four options still left at corner, maybe you sit that and take the – and they're equal on your board between the corner and the offensive tackle. Take the tackle because there's less behind him to swing back around and get. I think both of those guys could potentially come in and start uh, as rookies. I don't know how Walker Little is – is viewed in the building or if they think he's the potential right tackle of the future. But I do think that you have to go uh, with the best player on your board. And that's whether it's filling that tackle, that corner. And like I said, there's some good tight ends here, but I would try to get the tight end done because I think it's the most economically reasonable deal to get done at this point. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. Tell us uh, and our listeners where they can find you because you, you guys are just now cranking out this first pick podcast with you and Ryan. Yeah, no, it's been going good. And uh, you can always find me. I'm partnered with Pete somehow. Me and him uh, love to go at each other on our CBS HQ. And he's, as he says, he's teaching me the game. And, I've, you know, just make your damn picks, all the little uh, things that Pete comes up with. But uh it's been a it's been fun uh working with those guys they're a great group of people and i've i've really like i said enjoyed this media side and enjoyed kind of taking a global overview and kind of putting myself in each team's general manager spot and trying to figure out what potentially they're going to do to address all their needs this offseason and by the way rick a couple of our uh listeners have texted in on the text line to let you know Go Saluki. So, big fans of the uh, Missouri Valley and Southern <laughs> Illinois. Yeah, there you go. yeah we, I was back, that was back in the day. We were rolling in, uh, in Southern Illinois. We actually was, uh, yeah, we were 1A. We dropped down to 1AA and, and, and won a national championship the minute we walked out. We had like six guys drafted off that roster. We ended up being beating uh, Western Carolina. And they had Clyde Simmons, who was a great defensive end, that ended up playing for a long time in the league as well. So, yeah, go Salukis if you have any fans out there. Yeah, Clyde, <laughs> Clyde Simmons was one of the made one of the more memorable plays here in a Jags uniform back in '96. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, go Salukis, and we could have had a Saluki in the background barking right there. Hey, Rick, thanks, buddy, man. We really appreciate it. We hope to catch up soon. Okay, thanks for having me on today. Thanks, right. Rick. Rick Spielman, CBS Sports. You can check out his podcast, his columns, his fighting with Uncle Pete over yeah, on uh, CBS awesome. Sports HQ and, of course, on their multimedia pages as well. Before we hit our next break, Matt, uh, I do want to note that Stuart Mandel of The Athletic is reporting that sources are telling him the ION Script Sports is not involved in the Pac-12's TV negotiation deals, according to a source with direct knowledge of the situation. So uh, 
the the plot continues to thicken. There's some pushback. As far as, uh, <laughs> I, I think, yeah. I think I'll, I'll, I'll hang with Brett McMurphy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is our guy. He is yeah. the Action Network song. Yeah, yeah, the, the action man, Action McMurphy. All right, now we're going to hopefully say hello to Patrick Young. He's going to make his way over. He can drive now, which is awesome. So we hope to see him in just a few minutes before he heads for therapy. We'll talk SEC hoops with him uh, and some Gator hoops as well. Uh, but, J.J., now I don't know whether you played Jelly Roll earlier, but you're going to hook somebody up uh, with a cool a cool opportunity to win tickets before you can even buy them for a concert in October. Yeah, a pair of tickets to see Jelly Roll live at Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena. That is on Friday, like you said, October 13th. Be car number four right now at 641-1010, and I'll hook you up. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. I watched this dude roll up here to the famous Quick Lube. We're at the corner of Beach and Pimmon, one of their brand new famous Quick Lube locations. They got 14 of them across Jacksonville, and they make you feel famous. And then this famous dude comes rolling up, uh, Patrick Young, in his big Chevy Silverado. Silverado. Dude, you are looking good. How you like the color? I do love it. That's a little gator blue right there. You think? <laughs> I was going to no. say, have you always driven that cobalt blue uh, type of car? No, I have not. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how it worked out. My best friend works at uh, a dealership in Palm Coast. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw the car on online, and he and I'm like, dude, you know, I can wait a few weeks to buy that. He's like, bro, if you don't get this now, it's going to be gone in, like, a few weeks. So I was like, yeah. we'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's not cobalt blue. That's gator blue. That's gator, gator blue. blue. That's totally gator, gator blue. blue. <laughs> but, but tell everybody what you're able to do because this is the coolest part of it. You said it's liberating as all get out that you can get out and drive. Yeah, so, uh, you know, a, a big thing for me with, first of all, starting my foundation was mm-hmm. I realized just, how hard it is to get back to freedom and independence that you can right. go and do your own thing. You know, you don't think about it when you're able-bodied and, like, you you want to go to the store, just yeah. get up and go. Uh, so for, let's see, since my accident, I hadn't driven a vehicle. My wife was driving me everywhere, mm-hmm. and she sacrificed so much. And uh, for us to be able to, for me to be able to get in my own vehicle with my crane, my lift, my hand controls, like, I've been, and I, I was afraid of this, that I would abuse this power. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and I, now I, I I share in everyone's pain with gas prices now uh, as well because I wasn't paying for it yeah. and now I am paying for it so it's it's a culmination of things but I'm so grateful to be able to drive it's Heck it's yeah. amazing. Well, yeah. you just said you were coming from one of the meetings for your foundation, so I'm sure with all the meetings you've been taking and all the events, it's like to have that freedom yes. is such a game changer. And now you can expand the foundation as well. Exactly. Yeah. It's it just being able to meet with people, come here, for example. You know, I don't have to interrupt my because my wife's working, and uh, you know I'm working too, but my schedule is completely different than hers. Just having the freedom to just get up and go uh, wherever I need to meet. If I speaking engagements, those things that are coming up, uh, yeah. I mean, I just now with, with being a family man, I just am thinking of my family first and trying to make life easier for them. Wow. All right, let's talk ball. Gators obviously lose Colin Castleton. Oh man, tough. Right, we're going right out, right well, out the gate. Did, you know what's so crazy? Did it look like anything happened? No, no, it didn't. No. I watched it five, six times, and I'm just like, how did he break his hand? But same thing with the shoulder. It didn't look like anything happened either. So it's it's uh, where, where do they go now, Patrick? I mean, clearly they're a completely different team right now. Uh, you know, love love uh, love my my. I can say it on the air here. I can't say <laughs> it when I was at SEC, but it's, you know, I'm a Gator. We yes. Uh, love love the program. Understand that they're takes time to figure things out uh even for coach golden 
coming into this role right now. Uh, finding guys that want to compete. Yeah. Um, you know, Riley Kugel, Nate Niles Lane got an opportunity to, to take some minutes and really do a great job at that. Getting guys to come out and compete. That's that's really it. You know, we understand not going to make the tournament. Uh, I don't think a miraculous run in the SEC tournament is going to happen. Uh, even if they did, they would need a lot of help. But where you go from here, you, you find guys that really want to comp- compete and stay and, and battle through, and you try to build off of them and bring in those missing pieces uh, for next year. Because it is, it, you know, we all have to accept every single year is going to be transfer basketball. And you it's going to fi- be a new team every year. You can find guys like like, like Casey Prince is a perfect example. He finally figured out, I want to compete. Yes. And look what happened. Yeah. Well, it was more than him just wanting to compete. Right. He, he, when I had him on my podcast a while back, he said he was trying to prove to Coach Donovan that he was a three-point shooter <laughs> and that this is the way that you should play me. And it's like, buddy, that's not going to work. Right, it's not who you are. Right. <laughs> it's not who you are, and, it, and, it's, and it's not going to work. And, yes, he finally did figure it out. Uh, and you One know, of the best the players of his, in the league that One of the best, yeah. one of the best, absolutely, yeah. yeah. All right, we're talking with Patrick Young. He is right here with us, a famous quick lube, at, at Patrick Young 4. You can find him on social, very active Twitter and Instagram, and certainly an inspiring cat, that's for sure. We're going to ask you about the foundation as far as what's going on, but, you know, you mentioned the transfer portal, and, and it is the way it is. It's like we have to accept that, Patrick. But, you know, I love the fact that you were in Gainesville. You were a fixture. You were a four-year man. You were some, something that a fan could look forward to seeing on the floor is it ultimately just going to kill that part of it in college sports I think for the most part yeah I think it's going to be very difficult to find that's why you see universities offering kids these deals to get them to stay for not only do we want to get you here we want to get you to, to stay here yeah for the, that the entirety of your college career uh and I guess you, you can say that's easier in football because you know they have to stay for three years uh, to before they can go pro, but, but in basketball, uh, I don't like my coach. I'm leaving. Um, I don't like. It's too cold. I'm going somewhere else. The I miss my, my girlfriend. I'm, yeah, my girl. Yeah, I miss yeah. my girlfriend. I'm leaving again. I mean, there was a guy that transferred like five times. <laughs> they go to five different schools. Five in different schools, and I'm just like, what is that teaching you as a person? That if things get difficult, yeah, that you're just gonna run from your problems. Uh, you know, I, I think that problems are tools for us and difficulties to have to overcome. And don't get me wrong, there's situations where you do need to remove yourself, absolutely, right. in an environment that's not helping you get better. But for those stories and those kids and people, I mean, look, it's Stetson Bennett. Like, he didn't give up. True. He could have easily given example. up, and he, he left. He worked his butt off, and he, he went. And fortunately, he was able, they welcomed him back, and, he you know, the rest is history uh, for him. And, you know, we are going to have to accept to a level. But it's not the formula for success every year that I just build this team from the transfer portal. I mean, or even we look at Kentucky. They were building uh, top recruiting class after recruiting, recruiting class after recruiting class. And it did not equate to a championship every year. It did not equate mm-hmm. to a Final Four every year. I mean, darn near, it, it, they had their worst season three years ago, 9-16. and 16, Yeah. And they had the number one recruiting class. So, it's a mixture of a little bit of everything uh, in between coaching, players, transfer portal, really getting guys to buy into the program. There you go, Georgia fans. There's a Florida Gator giving you some props. Yeah. So, <laughs> unless we forget, we got that one on the record. Uh, Patrick, in the next segment, I want to kind of run through the SEC, and obviously we all know the controversy surrounding Alabama, the number two team in the country. We'll do that next segment. Real quick, just put a bow on the Gators. They do travel to Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, oh, man. Yeah, I, but right now, <laughs> if you're if you're a member of the Florida Gators, 
What are you playing for? What are you trying to get better at? What can they do in the next few Gosh, weeks? I was there at the Vandy game when uh, at, at in Gainesville a few weeks ago, and Liam Robbins, he gave Colin everything and more. I, I, I got to think that Colin's like, man, I'm just as good as this guy in the post, but I cannot shoot the ball like him. Uh, I don't know who's going to match up with Liam Robbins, seven-footer that is playing his way into the first round. Again, competi- competitiveness. Hopefully, I think we we almost they almost beat Kentucky. Just couldn't yep. rebound the ball. Yeah, couldn't could not could not rebound the ball. And and uh, being able to, I mean, Oscar Sheba went for what twenty seven or something crazy. Got to got to find someone that can compete with the big and not allow them uh, to overcome the entirety of the game like that. All right, now we're going to keep it rolling. One more segment with Patrick before you got to head off. Uh, the gun show that he's got right now. How much are you <laughs> well, lifting well. now compared to before? I mean, honestly, man. I don't. It's crazy. I don't work out like as much as I used to. And I was, uh, you know, we were there talking about stuff for my foundation, and then we're looking through videos of other inspiring people. And I'm just like, I need to, I need to get back to it. <laughs> I really, I really not doing uh, as much as I should uh, be. Well, it's uh, not even the gun show. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the shirt you're wearing. We'll, we'll tweet out a picture oh, yeah. of this. Oh yeah, this we got awesome. we, yeah. So uh, I follow Keontae, and he he motivates me. Keontae Johnson that played at Florida, and we know uh, the things he went through the last few years. And I, I saw him post the, uh, this shirt, and that's like, man, I'm, I'm I gotta support him. Just as a constant reminder for me, you know, it was two years. He didn't know if he was gonna play again, and. You know, me, I don't know how long it might be, but a situation where I don't know what life will look like. Will I be in this chair forever? Will I walk in? He never lost faith, never lost hope, so it inspires me to keep doing the same in my journey. So all wow. love to Keontae Johnson. He's doing amazing things right we, now. We, we saw this really cool thing as far as what you've got with your truck, and this, I think, speaks to what you're trying to do as far as helping people. So we'll do that coming up here in just a second. Patrick Young hanging out with us. We're at the famous Quick Lube right here at Beach and Penman. Another seg with number four coming up. The Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday on XL Primetime. We are enjoying the company of one Patrick Young. He is Jacksonvillian through and through, Providence star, the University of Florida, a fighting gator with final four appearances, an elite eight, just an outstanding career there. Now you can catch him on the SEC Network. we got to ask you a little SEC ball and then also about your foundation before you head off. Before that, hey, let's not forget Providence has a regional final game tonight. Yeah, they do. And they are the stars of this week's Guggen Hoops. There we go. So uh, <laughs> Mason, Chris, and uh, Jalen Robinson took on Dan Hicken. Shout out. I was yeah. going to say, you're going to want to watch that All right, one. Needless thank you. to say. Appreciate to that. Say. Yeah. All right, now. Let's dive in. Let's ask you about one that's not – it's not a good subject. It's an ugly yeah. subject. It's, just, it's, it's terrifying what happened in Tuscaloosa. We've been covering it with uh, Brandon Miller, with Darius Miles originally uh, implicated uh, that he was the one who had uh, provided the gun, and then ultimately now it comes out Brandon Miller was asked to go get whatever it was. I mean, this is an ugly th- – what, what do you think of all of this? It's uh, – I mean, the biggest piece of this is that somebody lost their life, uh, that this young lady that – did not deserve any of uh, at the, from what I know of the situation it just was completely unorthodox the response for uh it, it was 2 a.m in the morning first off nothing yeah. good happens at that time but I don't even think the event was something that would escalate to uh there being an altercation I think there was a, a dis a, the the guy that ended up taking the the shots he was just out of his mind at that time and I think the the young lady she was with her boyfriend and they made it clear, like, she's not interested. And I right. think he just responded in a way of taking rejection way out of context. But outside of that, um, just complete – just 
I can't I can't understand, you know, Brandon Miller putting himself in that situation, or even Darius Miles uh, yeah. himself, the the young man that uh, ended up is, is getting charged with capital capital murder. I'm I don't know if he. I mean, he's the one asking for his gun. Right. So at, at what point for Brandon Miller, you see that text message? I got to get out of here. I I think originally he was going to I think. The, uh, asking or Darius Miles was asking, "Hey, I'm drunk. Can you come pick me up?" Right. You know, any great teammate would do something like that. So I think the original intention was good there. And I, to my understanding, the gun was already in the vehicle. But red flag: Why are you have somebody else's gun yeah. in your vehicle? Why do you Why do you have need a, 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 a weapon at all? And I'm not at all harming harming on his constitutional right to have a, v, a weapon. But for what need? What purpose? 18 years old in college to have that. Uh, it's just all unfortunate uh, circumstance. And, uh, I mean, the, to what they said in Alabama, he, he cannot be charged with anything. You can't, you can't uh, find intent right. in this whole thing. Um, and I'm sure in a heartbeat, Brandon Miller wishes he could do everything differently. So Alabama wins in overtime against South Carolina, 78-76 on Wednesday. Near big, big upset for Gigi Jackson and the boys yeah. out of Columbia. Huge – would have been a huge win for them. Um 78 points for Alabama. Brandon Miller scores 41 of them. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the part that everyone who, you know, was oh, I'm rooting for South Carolina because of everything that happened. Like, that's the other thing, too, is like I, I said it's awful to say this, but he literally smiled as he laid in the go-ahead layup with 0.8 seconds left. And so I, I think he's playing loose. He's playing fresh. But, like, you can't deny, Patrick, that if he was suspended, this team is not the number two team in the country. Yeah. They would have – I think they would have lost that game. Um, he took over. And it's it's just such a weird space to navigate the, the circumstances. Like, how do you respond? How, what's the correct way to respond since you're playing in that game? And it's it's a game at the end of the day. But I, I don't I don't know. I have never been in that position where there's so much noise and things going on the outside of the game. Uh, but just just basketball to itself. I mean, he played a, he played a wonderful game. Alabama won. It, I don't think it, nobody else showed up in, in that match and. This Alabama team is going through some crazy adversity, and Nate Oates was—he—he uh, he couldn't have imagined this is something. It, it reminds me of Scott Drew before he, you know, taking over the Baylor program yeah. years ago. You—you um, you would have never thought this is a situation that would affect you. Know, you'd come into as a, as a basketball coach, but uh, I just—I'm just praying that through through all of this, there can be some lessons learned for everyone, mm-hmm. um, from the school, from the players, from. Uh, for the family, for that can be there be a lot of empathy and compassion because I I don't know the answers here, but uh, I just all, all you can do is learn from it and just say hey in the future things have to be better. Yeah. So Patrick, can they as a team can they feed off this into March or is it a situation where at some point the air comes out of the balloon? Uh, well the, it's, the situation isn't going away. Right. It, this isn't like okay this player got drunk and. Uh, got a DUI where right. eventually this you know this this is going to hover over the team for the rest That's of the season. Year, yeah. I, I believe you know South Carolina fans yelling lock them up lock them right. up. I, I can't see that going away and it's going to be something that they're going to have to deal with uh and, and should it shouldn't go away because again at the end of the day somebody lost their life an innocent life was taken and I don't know how you how you process that as a team as a coach uh trying to get your players to focus on ball uh, because the situation it, it 
in and what it is, you, you don't just forget about it. You don't just try to move on from it. So right. let's let's take a real quick look at the rest of the SEC. So Alabama obviously at the top of the standings. Texas A&M kind of a surprise. 13-2. and two. In that two spot. And then Kentucky, the advantage over Tennessee because they beat them twice, uh, followed by Auburn and Missouri who both spent time in the top 25. Who is your team to look for at the SEC tournament in a week Texas and a half Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Buzz. It's so good defensively. Well, I just – Buzz, I know you're not listening. <laughs> but you got to get your boys to start off your games. It, it, they just like playing by f- playing with fire and just games coming down tight because uh, they start every game so freaking slow, and then they they start turning up. They like they're trying to gauge and see what yeah. the other team's doing first. That's all you got. All right, we're gonna respond well, and like come they, back. They do it all defensively, but they forget about the offensive the off- side of the ball. Man, all right, now that kid Julius Marvelous is yeah. special though. With the, he's got a. He's, He's got a great mustache. I'm not going to say it's terrible. <laughs> it's a good – but Tyreek Key with Tennessee, his mustache is terrible. I don't know what he's got going on there. But can, he, can the Aggies shoot enough, Patrick, when, when the tournament rolls around? I just don't know that they got enough guys beyond the perimeter. I think they shoot it better than Tennessee. Really? And mm. I think they defend as well as Tennessee does. And guys. I think their offense – because Tennessee doesn't have an inside presence. They don't have a consi- – Plavchich, he's, he's a – a, I don't even know what you want to call him. He's a he's a large body, but Space he has a eater. score. Yeah. Spacey, yeah. they got Henry Coleman and Julius Marble. Those big guys. They they Julius can really score. It. He can shoot the mid range as well. Uh, Wade Taylor has been playing so well, uh, and they took care of business against him. Care, yeah, that that was big. It's all about matchups. I yeah. think you know the question: who who would surprise you if they won? Yeah, the SEC tournament. The Florida and, Gators. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think surprise is the right word for that. <laughs> Miracle. Miracle. <laughs> Miracle. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. Now, you're going to help, and I'm just going to use this word miracle as a segue because you can provide help, inspiration, and you can do miraculous things with this foundation. So Patrick Young's created the foundation, and, and, and take it from there because you had a great golf tournament. You raised a lot of money there, but this is just the beginning, uh, yes. you know, planting seeds for, for help. Yeah, so it's, it's crazy. You know, we, uh, you know we just, I just had a meeting with my foundation, and we're, we're planning something big for around the time I had my accident, which was June 29th. Uh-huh. And the essence of the foundation, we, uh, my, my best friend, Andrew Mabini, helped me come up with the slogan, illuminating the path to wholeness. Because when you go through a life-changing, life-altering accident, you feel as though you're not ever going to f- become whole again. Uh, that life is, uh, yes, life is going to be different, but it doesn't mean you can't find freedom and independence once again. But sometimes you need one, uh, a decision mm-hmm. without vision is a blind mind. You can make the decision that I want this to happen, but if you don't have the vision, if you don't have the help, the resources, and I wish we could help everybody. I pray that we, I, I can help as many people as possible. But the goal is to help people with, uh, like, my vehicle. Yeah. Like, paying, eventually paying for, uh, first of all, you got to be able to pay for the test, the evaluation. And, and insurance may not cover. Yeah, if insurance may not, it, you know, there's a gap that we define that the gap where certain insurances just won't cover certain things for people. Getting things adjusted at their house, mm-hmm. ramps, uh, grab bars for their shower, uh, being able to take your driving evaluation, continue physical therapy, equip, you know, you, the list can go on. But once a person can, can see that they, they can have those things, it just gets them closer to having hope. I'm trying to be a, a dealer in hope Yeah. Uh, yeah. that, hey, Life is not going to be over, and we're going to come alongside you uh, to, to get that independence and freedom again. Yeah, that's I, the good I like drug. That. Dealing in hope. Yeah. Yeah. Be like that's Mar- Martin Buckley. Uh, Martin Buckley. Shout out, uh, I saw him. He had that, that uh, hoodie on the other day, and I was like, man, I, I need that shirt. I need that. Buddy. That's uh, it, the Patrick Young Foundation. That, that, that's the good, that's like the good it. drug. It like really it. is. Yeah, that's a good and, drug. <laughs> and, and, and Buckley's the man when it comes to that. I mean, he's an inspiring cat. All right, so – P four Y. Do I make sure? I want to make sure I have that. P Y P Y four Foundation dot org. Yes. 
and they can go there, Patrick Young, the number four, py4foundation.org, and when this new event comes, you know, where you can put it out there, put the press release, I think we'll be, we'll be able to share yeah. and get the word out. Yeah, yeah, you know, you'll be, you know, the, the event's going to be what, what we wanted to come up with, and I don't want to give all the details yeah. away yet, but we wanted to do something for able-bodied people uh, to cultivate gratitude because oftentimes – and I've been guilty of it. Oh, I have to work out today. Oh, I have to walk so far away because uh, there are no close parking spots. And I'm like, you know how people would switch places in a heartbeat yeah. to walk and move their body in a way? And then also for people that are handicapped and just have some type of uh, disability, hey, you, you can partner along and we're going to help you along to do things that you think, thought you had limitations to. You're not going to do them alone. You're not gonna, uh, what's, what's the expression? Uh, if you want to go far, if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm-hmm. If you want to go far go together. So that's going to be the concept and idea behind this event uh, June 29th, that together we're going to go far and do some some things that a lot of people didn't think they could do. Love it, man. Love it. M- much love to you. You know that. Uh, and you always got a voice here whenever you want to. We'll get the word out. That's for sure. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate now, it. Now you're going to you. get back in your Chevy. You're going to go to do some therapy this yes. afternoon? Yes, I am. And then back right. to Charlotte Tuesday. Tuesday. Catch me too. Last Tuesday of the SEC basket Tuesday and Wednesday of the SEC basketball season. Do you like the studio work or do you like color analysts more? What are you finding yourself gravitating towards? Studio, they both there's pros and cons. Um, games games are nice because it's usually only a two or three hour commitment. You know, you, <laughs> <laughs> you come in, and you're you're present, go, you do it, you leave. You focus just on that game. Uh, you get to tell a bunch of stories. TV is long, long, a, a lot of hours. You get the exposure though. People, usually, if you're, especially if you're on Saturdays, people get to see you. And uh, if you dress nice, yeah. see your smile. Looking good. Uh, watch all the games. Keep <laughs> up with the, the narratives and storylines. But TV, TV or studio is long. Yeah. You know, on Saturdays you get there at 11. You're, you're home by like 12, 30, 1 a.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's long, long days. Day. It's, it's long. long days. All right, brother, man. Much appreciated. We hope to see you soon uh, and keep it rolling. Thank you guys okay. so much. Really appreciate it. That is an inspiration right there, Patrick Young, as we come to you from the famous Quick Lube right here at Beach of Pinman. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Our thanks to our guy, Patrick Young, for joining us on a beautiful Friday edition of XL Primetime. About 20 minutes left to swing on by the new famous Quick Lube on Beach and Penman. Stop by, say hi, and get that $19.99 plus tax oil change, which, of course, you can get only during three hours that we are broadcasting you t- to you right. live from. I just love that, man. Patrick Young is as inspiring a guy as, you know, the – uh, you know, it's like we've said before, as weird as it is to say, challenges are given to people that, you know, you're like, why? And he says, instead of why me, he says, you know, what can I do to inspire others? He's just such a moving individual. And it's incredible because, again, I mean, you know, knowing where he was a year ago, knowing yeah. where he was six months ago, and now seeing where he is today, yeah. it's it's nothing short of amazing. And knowing that he's still able to continue the great work at the SEC Network, too. And, right. his, you know, that was his second career after his professional playing days were over. And so it's it's tremendous to see. Uh, if we sound like we're helter-skelter right now, yeah. uh, we're trying to find Patrick's phone, uh, <laughs> which uh, we may or may not have lost. So yeah, uh, that's a lot of fun. looking for it. Yeah, all good, all and good. That's why we have Dylan Extraordinaire here yep, helping us out. And he's trying to get to uh, – 
to therapy too on time and your grandparents are now yes. here so they've been enlisted and i was just explaining to them about how uh you know just all the great work that patrick's doing and also the fact that you know he had worked with our boy timmy tebow oh yeah for so many years and so now he actually in a weird twist of fate he had experience with building foundations and event planning and that sort of thing yeah. and obviously now he's putting that to fruition with the py4 foundation and, of course, you can check out the Patrick Young Foundation at PY4Foundation.org. And both, uh, both he and Timmy were working on NIL deals as well and even some of the NFT stuff, trying to figure out what he pos- whatever they could do to help athletes be able to prosper a little bit over you know, either what they did before, in other words, taking some of those national championship teams, selling some memorabilia, getting some NFT dollars going that way. And, and Timmy was – big in it and Patrick was one of you know his dudes as far as you know executing you know the boots on the ground part of it and you know they're going to keep that going that's for sure I mean there's just so many good things that are going to come out of it but if you think of him wearing the Keontae Johnson t-shirt the inspiration from a Timmy a Patrick and a Keontae I mean think about that that's three guys and uh you know Keontae Johnson he said it uh, Patrick said earlier, so we're, we're talking about a two-year hiatus where he yeah. didn't know what was going to happen health-wise, and was able, let to, alone basketball-wise. Yeah, was at least able to get back and and live out his dream a little bit and and play at Kansas State, and he's starring right now. So I do want to circle back to one of our original topics of conversation on today's program, and that, of course, is that the Rams and All-Pro linebacker Bobby Wagner, a second-team All-Pro this past past season at the age of 32, is now a pending free agent after they parted ways. And so my question is. Ninth time in his 11 NFL seasons in which Wagner was named an All-Pro. Yeah. Six times first, for six time first team All-Pro, three time second team All-Pro. That of course was in large part due to his 10 years with the Legion of Boom up in Seattle. Yeah. And knowing that this past season, again at age 32, 140 tackles, a career high six sacks, two picks, five passes defended, started all 17 games. Would you look into Bobby Wagner for the Jacks if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars? I would say yes. Any other year, they have got so many financial situations right now that I probably would say, you know, nice to think about it, but uh, that's as far as it's going to go. But I mean, the guy has been; those numbers say a lot. Now he's long in tooth, uh, and but the, I wouldn't mind a veteran when we're talking about Aluakon coming in here and immediately providing a little bit of veteran leadership. You got all those other young, young, you know, newbies around. But if they had the money, you could entertain that. Yeah, but you know what else too? Also, just be in the right scheme. Just mm-hmm. go to an even front. Yeah. Then your then your natural Mike is Muma. Mm-hmm. Then Aluakon is your natural Will, and then Lloyd plays where he should be playing. Yeah. At the Sam. Yeah. It's and, pretty simple. And, and Trayvon has his hand on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty simple. And and that may end up being now. Coach Campo reminds us quite often that they are still. In, in, uh, in, you know, an uneven front, not all the time. So they definitely are in a position to where uh, they can do that. We'll find out because, yeah, that would make Plus, as I mean, much sense as anything. You're talking – Muma is a big dude who can run. Yeah. Like, that's his spot. He is a Mike. Like, I, I feel like they're looking for signature players, but they also are building something right now uh, that I don't know that necessarily one maybe higher-priced guy can come in. I would like a cheaper, like an Eli. Yeah. Eli Apple would be a better, yeah. cheaper move than, yeah. I think, than Wagner. Well, that's where the question is, though, is, you know, we talked about the Buffalo Bills earlier in the program about their window, and are they the new Rams where they're just going to spend money because they have to strike the iron while it's hot right now? Are the Jaguars in that situation? Mm-hmm. Do they have to go out and, you know, uh, are, are they in a situation where a guy like Bobby Wagner who wants uh, to win – 
is going to be attracted to Jacksonville. Well, it's this is the classic line of first time, long time since anything like that's happened. When they were going back and signing Hardy Nickerson and Carnell Lake, so they could maybe get a, a, a you know a bite of the pie. That's what was happening all the way back in 1999. Um, it's, but they were very close. Exactly, then. and it's the just, window was closing. Here, yeah. I don't think they're as close. No, no. And I think the window's a little bit longer. It's funny that they're saying it. All right, we will wrap up our show from Famous Quick Lube coming up here in just a few moments, and we'll say hello to the Frangie Show. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. We head to the campus of UNF. Uh, Some would accuse the Frangie Show of just stalking Bellarmine. I think that's uh, what they're doing. They were at JU uh, when they played them, and now UNF. We say hello to the Frangie Show on campus. What's going on? We like to consider ourselves the Bellarmine Advanced Scouts, Joey. That's what we do, okay? <laughs> Wherever they go. I don't know who they play in the first round of the A-Sun tournament, but we're going to be, be there, there okay? Yeah, we just yeah. plan on being there. So, uh, yeah. nah, you're exactly right. Uh, we love coming on the road with our friends from uh, UNF and JU, and it's, it's, it's a fun time, and it's gorgeous arena. You were here. The, you coming the night, by the way? You are here the other night. No, the I'd love to be there. I, I was telling okay. Scoggs, one of our old baseball stars over there, I'm like, right, I need to right. make it back because it, uh, it was a good time for sure. Well, Scoggs will be back. He was in Chicago all week. I want you to know he'll be here. Okay, just oh, so of course. Whatever you don't drink, Mike said he'll drink for you. So <laughs> of course. So that is covered. You know, we're excited about being here, Joe. This is a fun time of year. Gorgeous weather. We had a walk-off clinic today. It was 85 degrees. You guys have been outside. You guys had to be a little toasty mm-hmm. out there, I would think. But it's a beautiful day today. We're and really this a sun this this finale of the regular season, which is what this is, has been interesting. Uh, UNF now is in. JU plays tonight. They need some help. They got to beat Eastern Kentucky tonight, and then they need a little bit of help from Liberty, and then they can get into the conference tournament. Uh, I'll say this: UNF's playing really well down the stretch. They, uh, Matthew Driscoll came on and said, "Listen, uh, in February we're a different team, and by God, Joe, in February they've been a different team." So we'll talk about that today. Looking forward to it. This Russell Wilson story is interesting. Who do you believe? You believe him, or do you believe the Athletic? Uh, I believe the Athletic. I'm, you know, I'm looking at Matt. I'm looking at Matt, our reporter, and if you have legs, you're going to report it. And look, yeah. Frank, there's been enough. There's at least been enough things said about Russell to give you pause. The one thing that cracked all of us yeah. up was that apparently he had his own office. Okay, right. a quarterback with an <laughs> office in the Broncos facility. That's fantastic. So we'll certainly get into that. I got a thought about Georgetown St. John's basketball and whatever happened to him. Uh, there's a list out top ten players in baseball. We'll certainly talk some Jaguars football and how close are they to re-upping people other than the backup quarterback who they re-up today. So all that coming up in just a bit. We can't wait to get going. Sounds good, Frank. Appreciate it. We'll be listening. All uh, right. Uh, thank you, guys. We got Frangie Hayes, Lauren, along with uh, Gibby holding it down back at the uh, uh, 1010 XLHQ. We leave like we always do with our we're not going to take it anthem. But thanks to the famous Quick Loop folks. Yeah. You know? They're the best. Yeah, uh, we uh, love them. And just don't forget, all family. over town, they're family. Slash mafia. They're family. Slash, you know. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to help um, the little one. We're going to help yeah. him get a scholarship. We're going to get him signed to a futures contract, 75 pounds at yeah. age five, and already a flag football star. Don't well, you worry about that. The family will get him yeah, the scholarship. Yeah, okay? exactly. Uh, things will be done. Uh, I, all I know is I, I, I looked at it, and all of a sudden, you know you know how the uh, – I'm trying to think of the actual website that you could post your video on now as a high school recruit. Huddle. Yeah, huddle. Huddle, huddle, huddle. I was trying to, I was trying to think. Big Mike already has a huddle account right. for the five-year-old. Right. Okay, and that kid was juking everybody in some Pop Warner action. Billy Napier, if yeah. you're listening, we have yeah. the man for you. Exactly. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Mike. Thanks to all our famous Quick Loop folks. We go out with our anthem, Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes. Thanks to Dylan for hanging out and engineering with us here. Back to JJville. Enjoy the weekend. You don't know us. You don't know Come on, Joe.
That ain't good enough. You gotta snatch the blood out my mouth. Let's go, baby. Woo!